Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Dun, da, da, da. It is the end. This is the end. This is the show that is five years in the making, uh, almost as long as the damn show that it's been covering. Uh, can you believe we are at the end and we are almost, almost ready to move on? But not quite. We've got an hour and 40 minutes worth of uh, episode of Lost before we can move on. Uh, But this podcast that we created together so that we could find each other and talk about Lost will (laughs) soon be coming to the end. Uh, So this is Lost Season 6, final episode, episode 121, The End. Creative title, uh, aired on May 23rd, 2010, and written by, of course, it's Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse, and of course, directed by Jack Bender. So, this is it the moment everyone has been waiting for. There's no more after this. Uh, either that's the greatest news you've ever heard or the saddest news. Uh, so for the last time on one of these recaps, I will say that my name is Noah and Ben, you are a great number two. Oh, Noah, that means a lot. My name is Ben and I don't believe in a lot of things, but I believe in duct tape. Ben didn't do the number one line. <laughs> no, you're not number one. Wake up and smell the coffee. <laughs> I was going to say I was shot by a fat man. Duct tape. But um, I, I I take duct tape. I choose Shunned duct tape. Shunned by duct tape. Also, is this this um, is episode 120? You're wrong. It's not 121. It's 120. Well, yeah, it's <laughs> get your it's facts bit, right. Well, to be iffy because this has been split into two episodes for syndication, but it's really it's not a two part. It's a one episode. Um, I think for production purposes, it may be considered two, but it's it's one episode. It was written, directed as one, aired at the same time like in the syndication version they cut scenes from the, you can't cut scenes from the final what do they cut poor they cut richard getting bashed. oh well richard getting a gray hair yeah <laughs> oh richard it cut. it's one of my favorite Boo. moments Boo. Um, yeah well i will say that ben i have a bone to pick with you because oh, this God, is the finale of lost uh, I fully expected you to be wearing the Boone Mobile shirt. Where's the Boone? Oh, well, this on. is where I'm going to make a confession. Boone Mobile shirt still in New York. I left it behind. <laughs> We're done. Yep. Yeah. I quit. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Boone's in New York. 
I had to like God. get rid of so much stuff because my bags were so heavy and I'm looking at my clothes and I'm going this, this, and I get to my boon shirt and I'm like, I've only worn this like twice on two episodes of a podcast. I probably should get rid of it. It only cost me like 10 bucks. I'll get another one one day. <laughs> uh, that... That is, uh-huh. that's making me tear up more than this episode. Uh, Sorry, boo. I was not expecting that. What a way to start the finale off. I uh, can draw something on, on my t-shirt. He, <laughs> he's in this episode as well. It's the last time we'll ever see Boo. Oh, that's not true. Oh. Vampire Diaries recaps coming soon to the Oz Network. It's <laughs> probably more episodes of that, isn't it? You. I take that back. You're an awful number two. Um <laughs> Not even. I'm honoured to be that high on a list. Uh, I don't usually make the top ten, so I mean, I'll take it. How many well, episodes of Vampire Diaries are there? I mean, do we do we get started? Uh, yeah. Um. Oh God, that oh, Jesus. Anyway. 171. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up! Let's get started right now. <laughs> so, um, I've kind of been purposely quite coy on my opinion on this episode i kind of held off on purpose and haven't really talked about my feelings on the finale of lost um i love this episode oh yay yay noah (laughs) (laughs) how do you feel i love it too and what's disappointing is in the lead up to this i was reading some lists and watching lists and this appears on so many like worst finales of all time lists and it's just it's ridiculous. I watched Watch Mojo's worst series finales of all time list today. This came in at number four. All that beat it was Dexter, which again I stand by, not as bad as people say it is, but not brilliant. Uh, How I Met Your Mother was number two, should be number one, and then Game of Thrones, never seen it. I don't know how it ends. But like this is not the fourth this was ahead of Saint Elsewhere, the infamous finale where they all wake up like, oh, it was all a dream. Like, I mean, not like I just I don't get the hate, and I think that we've alluded to a bit over the years this has surely gotten better it's been 12 years since this aired and i think that it holds up very well and people's complaints in that watch mojo video was like who was mother who was this who was that like not everything like yes at this point did we get six seasons in and goes fuck who was mother that's the one question like if anything it's the polar bear one i thought was the biggest question which gets answered in an epilogue anyway but um yeah, I, I love this. I think I cried probably like five times in this episode. Um, the whole like people complain about, oh, they went the purgatory route. Like, I don't even think that's a criticism because like the purgatory route would be they're on the island in purgatory. That would have been the obvious ending. I don't think, did anyone guess the flash sideways was purgatory to the end? I certainly didn't. So, and I'm fine with the flash sideways being purgatory. It's kind of a nice little touch. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm fine with it. I love it. I think it's a great finale. So I don't, I don't know what people are smoking saying this is a bad finale. Just even if you took the episode in isolation, it's just epic as an episode, and it's so well made as an episode. It's so well written, so well acted. Uh, so well edited, so well scored that if you just took it as an episode, it's it's like a movie. It's it's longer than a lot of movie. Um, and this is pre like Stranger Things episode three being like four hours long and whatever they do nowadays. But um, it's just in isolation, it's epic. But it also wraps up pretty much everything while still leaving things open. Like that's my criticism with like some things some safe endings where like maybe breaking bad, which is not bad, but like 
kind of doesn't leave much really open, uh, like almost too neat. So this site wraps things up, but there's still so many like things we can theorize like, oh, what did they do after they got off the island? What did Hurley do? Blah, blah, blah. Um, but it still gives a neat wrap up. And if you don't like the purgatory stuff, which is fine, you can ignore it and it doesn't change the yeah. island story in any way, exactly. shape or form. You, you can just view it as this sort of epilogue thing. I'm going to get in before you, like the chronological loss does. Um, you can literally, with chronologically lost, you can literally just like end it at the ending and not have to watch anything afterwards because that's all in the future, right? So it's just like, okay, yeah. cool, done. And I, I feel like a lot of the criticism for this ending did, and I'm not saying if you didn't like it, that's fine. You're allowed to not like it. I do feel like a lot of it came from the people who watched season one and two and then maybe like, oh, I'm just going to tune in for the, because I noticed there was a previously on Lost, which I think is a bit weird for the finale, but that clearly because there were a lot of people tuning in who hadn't watched the show in three seasons or the people who kind of watched all six seasons but weren't really like massive fans. I feel like that's where a lot of the criticism from, I think a lot of the, the big fans of Lost are pretty much on board for, I, I think for the most part they stick the landing, no pun intended. It's kind of like I wish they had done that on Neighbours, previously on Neighbours. I hadn't watched it in about 30 years, so I didn't know what had been happening on Neighbours when they ended it. But, um, yeah, I I think any, you know, a, a finale of a TV show is always a tricky thing. It's, it's you know, we can sit here on our chairs and go, ah, you were shit, you did this, you did that. But, I mean, we're not writers. We don't know how it all works, and it's you're never going to please anyone. Uh, everyone, I should say. You know, I don't think there's a universally loved series finale of any show. I think Breaking Bad might be the closest to it, but even then, like, there's criticism of the Breaking Bad finale. Uh, you know, we've we've finished a few shows on this podcast, and we always talk indifferently about certain finales. I think the Third Watch finale I used to hate, but then I'm kind of fine with now. The Nip Tuck one, yeah, it's it's fine. The Breaking Bad one, I'm I'm on board with, and we're a long time away from the 24 finale. But I have issues with the 24 finale, probably out of all the shows that we're covering. But yeah, I think that the Lost one, you know, it's it's a show that as you said, a lot of people maybe just did early on and then sort of came back to. And if you're sort of casually viewing it, yeah, you might not be able to, you know, get certain things. But I've always said with Lost, it's a show that people should give a second chance. And when you binge this show very closely with each other, it holds up so much better. And then particularly this ending as well, when you binge it with everything, it just makes so much sense. And yeah, there are some ambiguous things there. But again, as we've said, you can't have everything perfectly wrapped up in a bow with nothing open-ended that's not life um you know it's not how it works so and as you said epic i think that's a great word i mean i sort of mentioned a couple of weeks ago with across the sea that i didn't like the flashbacks i thought that took away from it this is the opposite i think these are flashbacks done well because obviously the flashbacks come on board when they awaken in the afterlife but like that is what makes you get so emotional like it's just the journey that you see these people have gone through and the music mixes it holy fuck like I forgot how much, like, I, I only thought, like, oh, yeah, I'll cry at the ending. But, like, God, there was it, 10 minutes in with Jin and Son? And it's like, oh, my God! Yeah. Like, it just it just <laughs> happens. Um, so, and that's what you said, epic. And I think that's that's a great way of looking at it. No one phones it in in this episode. Um, and I think it, it's not such even, a Not even Naveen. Oh, yeah. Not even, well, I mean, you know, um, I mean, Boone should be winning an Emmy and Summerholder puts everything. He's been waiting six seasons for this episode. Um, but yeah, I think it just, it comes together. So, and it's also like a case of 
whenever a show ends, you always anticipate like, oh, cheap cameo from somebody returning. Will this person return? Will this person return? I think what Lost does very well is, yeah, you've got so many people returning for the finale, but you never feel like they're completely gone because I feel Lost has always brought them back anyway. Like, mm-hmm. if we hadn't seen Boone since the episode he died, it'd be like, oh, cool. Like, And I guess we haven't seen Shannon since season two, but they just feel naturally that they fit into this even. It just doesn't feel like a cheap cameo, if you know what I mean. So... I think that is something, too, which Lost, this should get some credit for. But, yeah, great episode. That's the thing is it can feel quite fan service and uh, to bring in these cameos and kind of lacking in integrity. And also there's a lot of sort of meta humor and throw, throwback oh, lines so in this. Uh, and that could come across as cheap. And I always respected, uh, I can't remember his name, but the producer of Mad Men, like, like halfway through that show, like three of the main characters get written out and people kept saying like, oh, are you going to bring them back for the final season? And he kept saying, well, no, because it doesn't fit the story. Why would they just randomly, they're gone from the story. Uh, but for he- here, it just, it doesn't feel cheap at all. And I think even though it is like, oh, let's have a big reunion and bring everyone back. But I think it is part of like the nature of Lost with flashbacks and yeah. flash sideways and uh, flash forwards and like wasn't like Ethan appeared in more episodes of Lost after he died than uh, before he died. So it doesn't feel cheap. And all the the kind of catchphrases and that, that's the thing about Lost is I always view Lost as a bit of like a Star Wars in, it's realistic in that the, these are characters in the real world. Obviously it's not realistic, but the Star dialogue. Very of- realistic. <laughs> but dialogue in Lost is kind of like Star Wars or an Indiana Jones. It's never meant to be sort of, it is supposed to be like an action sort of adventure movie. So when they'd say things like their throwaway sort of catchphrases and that, and like humor in every second line, it's it, Damon Lindelof, the Lindelof has always been a big fan of these kind of movies and TV shows that we all grew up on. And, Lost is never meant to be that hyper-realistic sort of Breaking Bad dialogue. Maybe Breaking Bad has a lot of humour too, but that sort of Mad Men sort of hyper-realistic dialogue. Sort of. So I think having these see you in another life and live together dialogues and whatever, it it works. And like Lost has always just been a fun show as well as a very sad and serious show. I agree with that. And I think too that it does it in a way that it's not over the top. Like, I mean, we see that so much nowadays with, like, the Marvel effect. Like, it's like, oh, everything's got to be, like, witty and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, Marvel didn't create this. I think we've established on 007 Download Now that James Bond has been doing this for 60 years. You know, he was doing it before Star Wars, like this kind of towing the line between serious and then having a bit of wit and a bit of humour. It goes too far nowadays. Like, it's just, it's, it's on the nose with how bad it can be sometimes. Whereas Lost has just got a balance of it where it feels natural. Like, I mean, my opening line of, you know, I don't believe a lot of things, but I believe in duck. Like, you got this scene where this plane's yeah. about to take off. They're going to get off the island. It's about to destroy. And you've just got to throw away a line about believing in duct tape. Like, great. Like, you know, it's just, it's I mean, that's that, it's my humour. I'm involved in something like this. I'm going to be throwing away jokes in a certain thing. It's what people do, you know. Talk to any person in emergency services. They see death and destruction every day. Their way of dealing with it a lot of the time is having dark humour because that's how they've got to get through the day. So, yeah, it's natural, it's serious, it's it's a bit funny, uh, you know, a bit of romance for people who like romance as well. Uh, there's death, like, you know, it's 
action. Like, I mean, we've got an epic fight scene. Jesus Christ. Mm. Um, it's almost Matrix Revolutions-y going on <laughs> here. It's great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a great finale and I'm excited to talk about it. I don't remember it being a two-parter, though. Again, this is, I think, going into the part where I think I was downloading the show at this point. So, But I don't think I've ever seen the two-part version. Mm, I've never seen it. I never will. Um you mentioned the Matrix. Keanu would have been a good Jack Shepard. Um, Keanu would have been a good Jack Shepard. Hugo <laughs> Weaving would have been a good Benjamin Linus. Good. Oh, yeah. Or a lot. Yeah. Um, or a Boone. Lawrence Fishburne could have been a good Benjamin Linus. Or yeah. a Jacob. I see him as a Jacob. Yeah. Carrie Ann um, Moss, whatever name. She would have been a good Kate. Kate. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. The Matrix does lost. Yeah. Um, well, what's his face? Uh, Michael was in it. Harold. Harold. Um, yeah, he, he, was, he was not not one yeah. of the good ones, but he was, yeah, was one in the second and third one. <laughs> Listen to our uh, Matrix recap from twenty twenty one, whenever it was. They weren't bad. They were fun. Those not the fourth one. Don't say the fourth Matrix crap. Yeah, I I was in tears a lot in this episode, and I did not. This rewatch caused me to have just a, like a full on like existential crisis, like. I I was, it's just funny the way you get older and you get more life experience. You can watch something that you've seen before and somehow draw something different from it, even though it's the exact same thing. I've maybe seen this 10 times and I was, I was two months away from being 15 years old when this first hit. Uh, And now, now I'm 27 and, just I viewed this whole episode completely different and it really caused me to reflect a lot on the last 12 years. Uh, and like at the moment I'm planning on leaving Korea soon. So it's kind of a turning point. And I just, I was not expecting to have such a uh, emotional reaction. You can see bags in my eyes. I was awake until about 3am last night. I could not sleep after watching this episode, just thinking about all sorts of different things and like the the when i was a 15 year old i the whole ending i didn't hate but the whole like oh they're friends and they made this kind of place for them to be together i always thought a bit like yeah and like when i we we both come from a very small place in the world um you, and when i was you, 15 i, I had <laughs> yeah i came from an even smaller place uh i had friends growing up but like as a teenager, I had friends and I made friends, but I never really had any connections. And I'm basically don't keep in touch with anyone from when I was a teenager. And then when I went to Europe, I kind of met these new people and like we went through a lot in that year. And now I kind of watch it and I kind of get like you go through these big life things like crashing on an island. And the and what is it? Christian Shepherd says like you nobody can go alone and blah, 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 blah. And I just view that whole thing completely different to how I viewed it as a teen. Because no one knows anything when you're a teenager. No one knows anything when you're 27. But you, Why don't you get to you, 35? You, <laughs> you definitely don't know anything. Uh, so you just, we're, we're living our life. So I guess you don't really reflect how often, how much you've actually, as your character has developed. Uh, your character development because you're just living it it never ends until it ends so you don't really often get a chance to kind of reflect on 12 years gone by and how you have changed and uh, I'm telling you I was crying because of the episode but this this I was not expecting 
revisiting this episode to have such a personal reaction and like this show, this podcast coming to an end and like this was my favourite show growing up and it just brought all sorts of different, yeah, I was up I like, late last <laughs> I, li- I like to think that when you finish watching this as a 15-year-old in 2010, you're about a year and a bit away from uh, you and I starting to talk. So, ah, oh, the flashback That's going. where it all went wrong. Um, Sliding doors moment. I, I, rem- I remember <laughs> some of the criticism of this was like, oh, how stupid is it that in Purgatory, the biggest part of their life was a plane crash and blah, 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 blah. Like, they, you know, Kate would have grown up and grown old and had, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure Kate probably did go on to marry, have kids, have a great, you know, longer life with somebody, Sawyer, Hurley, all these people. I'm sure they did. But I've never thought that as a criticism because I think you summed up, well, there are, there are moments in life, be it, you know, a couple of months, a year or two, whatever, or however long that have a big impact on your life, no matter how short or how long they are, you know. And I think it's a great way of looking at it. And a show like this does make you reflect on certain things. I mean, I remember when we first started recapping this, I had just done a probably my first full rewatch in a long time of Lost. We started doing this. And then, you know, at that point in my life, I was single, living in Hobart, getting ready to move away. At the end of this, I'm single, living in Hobart, ready to move away. A lot of stuff has happened in that period, which has kind of changed and taken me around the place. I mean, in all seriousness, like I had never lived anywhere else out besides Tasmania when we first started doing this. Now, uh, at the end of this, I've lived in, what, three different countries, a different state. Like, I've moved around a lot and everything. A lot of life changes. But it it is a reflecting moment because, yeah, I'd done the rewatch just before we started doing this. You react differently. Just when we had started was roundabout when I watched all of Chronologically Lost because I'm pretty sure I started watching that pretty much as we had started doing this and I ended that just before I moved from Tasmania. And, again, you react differently to watching that. And then now with this one... And yeah, it definitely does cause you to reflect because I'm thinking like at the end when they're in purgatory and that sort of stuff, I'm like, well, who's going to be in my church? Like, I don't really, at this rate, it's going to be you and Colin. Like, I mean, I don't really have. I, I don't, I, I mean, and that's not even a joke. I don't really, yeah, I'm the same. I don't really keep in touch with many people from uh, past lives. I've got friends in different countries who I've made through living in different parts of the world who are, are good friends, but either life moves on or they've forgotten about me or I've forgotten about them or whatever. It just, it, it moves through it. So yeah, you kind of just watch this and go, fuck, like God, my church is pretty empty. Um, but, <laughs> so, but sometimes though, like it's not necessarily a thing. Like sometimes people are satisfied with that. And I think, you know, to get super deep, you, I get to a point in life where I kind of think, well, maybe that's all I need. Me and a couple of random people on the internet talk to me about TV shows and I'm satisfied. <laughs> A listener would be nice. Just add that out there to the universe, maybe one day. (laughs) I, I, yeah, I just, I also want, like, I'm an atheist and I wonder if you're not an atheist, how you view this, this episode and um, the, the kind of concept of the church is an interesting thing. And I've always thought it somewhat that it's a bit silly that like some of the people are there, but then like you kind of mentioned like someone can have an impact on your life. Uh, even, even if you don't, you're not with them until the day that you die. Like I'm sure like you said, Kate goes on to do sort of, I remember like I have a very close friend in Denmark and I do still keep in touch, but he basically said like, I was really sad to be saying goodbye. And he basically said like, yeah, we might not ever see each other again, but 
that doesn't mean it wasn't important or that yeah. there weren't those good moments or that it wasn't significant just because we're not sitting there old and gray in the Nana nursing home. Like that doesn't mean so like that made me view this episode differently where sure he may not have been best friends with Charlie or something, but I'm viewing this through Jack's lens, but that doesn't mean these moments that they spent weren't important. And that's and then that's and that's why I kind of buy more into this theory that this is Jack's church. This is Jack's viewpoint. Because if you think about it, like, yeah, Kate might not have the same thing. Maybe she did go on to remarry Nathan Fillion, have fifty kids and live a happily ever after. So her church is Firefly and the Rookie and Nathan Fillion's church. Like, I, I don't know. Like it it Jack and like this is the thing too. It's it's a it's a personal perspective. Like this obviously meant the world to Jack if this is Jack's church. So this is why Jack's... It's, this is a dumb comparison. You'll laugh at me, but I don't give a shit. Titanic. Like, people complain about that last, like, scene when, like, Rose goes through the thing and there's Jack and there's all this. And it's like, oh, she grew old. She had other things in her life. Well, again, obviously that one part being on the Titanic influenced it enough that that was her, like, flash forward back thing when she died. Like, no one knows what a personal impact certain parts have in life. So it's... Yeah, I think that... I'm with you. I'm an atheist too. So like people of, of spirituality and faith might interpret things differently. And that's, that's great. Like I don't dis I don't talk down on people's beliefs outside of making a joke about it. Like if, if whatever you believe in, that's what you believe in. But yeah, it's, I don't know where we're going with this. The point is it's like it, you obviously would interpret this different ways. I maybe buy it more as Jack's interpretation. And if this is Jack's interpretation, I'm, fine with that. Boone's would be different, you know, Shannon's would be, like, everyone's would be different, and again, this is what we're talking about, this is the finale of Lost, it's got so many things that you can theorise and interpret at the end of it. I, I just, I I do think the more life experience I get, the more I'm sort of really satisfied with, I have issues with the sideways, but satisfied with this whole, kind of, you made this place, find each other kind of thing, that maybe I thought was a bit hokey before and like I'm not trying to make it too deep or too sad or anything, but this is all this was going through my head last like this aired in May, 2010, like my best friend died in January, 2010. So this was a really weird sort of period for me. And then like this show coming to an end and that had been with me for this whole time. So then I wonder, like, I, I don't believe in, church afterlife or whatever but then like he got to be 14 hopefully i get to be 94 not not eternal uh anti-immortality <laughs> and you just wonder like well who would be in his church and yeah uh, like that's the thing like aaron is a baby in this church but uh, we assume aaron went on to be 80 years old so like what would i be in his church and what would he be in my church and like i I just don't think I've ever had a because I don't rewatch too many shows and this was such an important show I watched it from when I was a kid through to when I'm looking down 30 so there aren't many shows that I've seen this many times so I don't think I've ever in my entire life had a viewing experience where I viewed something so differently and and that's why I bags under my eyes and could not sleep last time. But <laughs> I, point out, I was not uh, expecting no. to have such an emotional reaction to this episode yeah. outside of the obvious kind of emotional. Not sober for once in one of these recordings. <laughs> so, um, I mean. <laughs> Just on drugs. 
<laughs> now no, let's move on to crack. Um, he's just decided that, ah, hey, alcohol's so 2021. Let's move on to some hard stuff. not had that sort of kind of viewed an episode of a TV show so differently based on life experience. And I, I think no, that... It's like therapy. It's, but, but that's... I think that's a perfect way of looking at things because this is where mediums such as television, movies, music can be therapeutic because, you know, I know through things that I've gone through in life in the last 18 months, you know, I went through large periods where I couldn't, I couldn't consume any of it. It was just too difficult. It was too triggering. But then once I started, particularly say music, you know, it, it, it saves you, it soothes you, it like it helps you through things. And, but TV and movies do the same thing. You know, it's, it's, and this is an escape. You, you tune in to see your good old buddy Jack and your good old buddy Hurley. Like, and, and these are types of people that you, you do. And I think we've all got TV shows and movies of characters that we look up to and, and, you know, want to be like or be around. And it's an escape because this is what these type of things are an escape. And when they can make you think, you know, connect things in a in a wider universe or or to yourself and things like that. I mean, it's it's very well written that way, or it's it's done in a way that is is fantastic. So, and like, yeah, you've got a show like Lost, which is built on this foundation of thought and and wider themes and everything, which is an obvious one. But like, even if you have a show which isn't built that way, but still can make you feel that way, that's that's completely fine as well. Like, I'm sure you can think of shows and movies which on paper are probably dumb and like, well, why do you feel so deeply about that? Like Shrek, I don't know. But like, it's it's <laughs> it's all well and good that you can feel that way. So, um, yeah. I think yeah. Dame, Lindelof, Dame Lindelof wears his heart on his sleeve and I think a lot of what's in these episodes come from his also life experience and probably daddy issues too. Um, oh, no, I don't think he had any. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I mean – I, I think I was like 10 when this show first started. So like these characters have been with me for so long and now we've recapped all of it. And uh, it, you're saying goodbye again, even though we said goodbye. I, I remember, I, I think we talked about it at the very beginning. I remember when this premiered, I was still in the house that I grew up my first 18 years of my life. I was 17. I remember it was like a Thursday night it premiered and it was like being advertised the shit out because between this and ah, you're going to laugh Desperate Housewives like they were the biggest shows in the world at that point and how successful they'd been so yeah I like it's a good point you make there like from when we first ever laid eyes on this show to you know now nearly 20 years later a lot has happened Uh, I was 17 to 35 that's literally half my life uh, since I watched Lost for the very first time so yeah it's nearing on the 20th anniversary Um, which will do something I'm sure we'll like we did it for third watch we did it for 24 i'm sure we'll do it for nip tuck next year in 2023 and then 2024 come along we'll do something we'll try and get some sort of reunion way we'll get cynthia watros on and and uh <laughs> sonia Wilder I, did my, and- <laughs> I, I did my homework and i went back and listened to uh pilot part one oh god better than i thought um really and- oh, no i didn't i didn't sorry i, I was a lot more enthusiastic and you were a lot more saner. So. A lot fatter, a lot less cynical of life. <laughs> and you also said that I remind you of Hurley, which that didn't yeah. become a recurring thing. No, I've Dude. always stood by that. Always, and, like, I've always stood by that, though. Like, And it's and it's not like I always felt bad Dude. at the time. I think it might have been like a weight thing, but I think it's more of like a personality oh. thing. I honestly do. I still to this day, you remind me of Hurley. So, yeah. And also surprised uh, – Recurring jokes, our hero, old gummy Joe, TV's Kimberly Joseph, all there from day one. Oh, was it our boom so, love in the first episode, or that took a yeah, while? Yeah, a little feel, bit, a little bit, was it? A little okay. bit. 
right. So uh, we clearly don't make new jokes on this show because we've been saying the same thing since day one. Um, don't worry, we'll get tweeted out by by Max Dawson at some point. So you know, let's get into the episode, and there's a lot. So. We obviously want to do the finale justice, but some of the scenes we may kind of skip over a little bit because there's a lot going on here. There's so many scenes. Um, I, I, I feel like we can do the sideways, but we need to maybe keep the final scenes together. Um, so maybe the first montage we do together, then we can do the sideways and then we come back to the church at sure. the end. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, this episode, like this, this should have won an award for editing. I don't think I've really noticed until this watch how well edited this episode is. And like the opening montage where we've got the the plane and the coffin and we've got Jack and everyone hanging around the island and we're cutting between the, the sideways and and the flash sideways and the normal universe that alone deserves can i interrupt i will interrupt and say this episode was nominated for eight emmys the most it ever got nominated for uh and in the creative arts emmys it won outstanding single camera picture editing for a drama series while also got nominated for sound editing sound mixing um, outstanding music composition for a series. Um, it got nominated for outstanding directing for a drama series, outstanding writing. I don't think it won any of them though, but, um, which is like usually when a show ends and it's a big show like this, it usually sweeps the awards. Right. So I'm surprised that lost never did that. So yeah, but it got a best editing Emmy. So you're on board there. Yeah, it deserves it. But this opening montage is epic, right? What a way to start the finale on. Yeah. I like, it's kind of when I was talking about like montages, or whatever, but like this, yeah, this is good. And it's kind of like the way it sort of intersects with stuff on the island, like how you've kind of got like what Ben kind of was like gun or whatever, but then he's just like making tea uh, in the flash sideways. Uh, and, and like, we don't need to praise the music any more than we've ever praised, but I mean, half of what makes you cry in this episode yeah. is Michael Jean Kuno, how you say his name. Um, just insane and like no wonder this guy's gone on to probably be the new john williams in hollywood at the moment like he's just so insanely talented but like this goes into that epic nature of it because like it's it's a show with so much has happened so epic it's just like you feel like this is a perfect way to open the episode just to kind of like have this real connection between the the characters on island and off the island and again we're still not really sure as to what this flash sideways thing really is but yeah, no, I'm I'm completely on board with this. Like straight away, you just you start to feel it in the feels. You needed something like this to start the flow. You couldn't just start it off like, all right, here we are, we're at the well. Like it needed something like this. Um, yeah. So when we get our first proper flashback, that we've got Kate and uh, Desmond, and Desmond's uh, signing off for the body. Uh, apparently, this guy is called Arnie Bocklin. He's got a name. <laughs> Um, Good for Arnie Boxland. Boxland? Is that yeah. the box? Is that a meta thing? Or <laughs> uh, there is a lot of meta humor in this episode, um, and this is where uh, Desmond tells Kate, "Oh, it belonged to a man called Christian Shepherd," <laughs> and she jokes like Christian Shepherd. And I remember watching that and thinking, "Oh, we've watched six seasons. I had not even thought Christian Shepherd." Yeah. And the way that kind of works at the end with him in the church. Like that kind of blew my mind when she's like Christian. I had not oh, even yeah, thought yeah. about that. 
Yeah, me too. Exactly the same. I don't even, I could be completely honest with my thing this time watching it. I've gone, oh, yeah, Christian Shepherd. <laughs> um, so Kate's like, why am I here? In this? And Desmond says, well, no one can tell you why you're here in this place, um, Kate. And then, and he's like, you don't know it yet, but I'm your friend. A bit creepy. Um, <laughs> it's Casino Royale 54. It's a friend. <laughs> and he says, uh, she says, where where are we leaving to? And he, he drives off to show her. Uh, and then we've got a fun little Hurley and Saeed back together. I remember them in season five doing their antics. Uh, Saeed's a bit confused, like, what is going on? Naveen's uh, confused. Uh, Why am I here? Have I not left this show yet? <laughs> uh, and Hurley, Hurley goes to visit Charlie, um, but Charlie's all drugged up and whatever. So he shoots him with tranquilizer gun, which is a bit of a throwback. Um, and, and this is where like, Saeed's like, you're insane. And he's like, what, what is that? He's like, it's called Charlie. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, it's fun. We got Charlie back. Of course, you have to have Charlie back. Um, Can I just say one thing and- just quickly before I forget? I love the box when the Adam Boxington or whatever his name is. Uh, how it literally has got like human remains and it says Christian Shepherd. Christian like, Shepherd, that yeah. works. <laughs> I laughed at that too. Um, and this, this Hurley and Saeed arriving at the concert, Miles is there. And that's when he sees Saeed and like calls uh, Sawyer. He's like, didn't Sawyer's like, no, we put him in the van. We He's arrested. He's like, well, we just saw him. So can you go and check up on Sun to see if she's okay? And whoa, they really oh. want to hit us in the feels early on in this episode. I'm with you. I cried at this this bit coming up. But um, so Sun and Jin um are there. And this is where we learn that uh, Juliet is the mom. Do you like that? Oh. I still think Bring Back TV's Julie Bowen. Um. Yeah, no, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, you got to bring Juliet back. I'm glad Juliet comes back. But, again, you know I'm Team Jack and Juliet and Team Kate and Sawyer. So, I mean, I'm glad that she's here, but I, I still don't understand this whole afterlife thing. So, like, what does this mean? So, Jack gets with Kate in the church, but Jack's still fantasizing of boning Juliet and having a kid? And where is Julie Bowen? Like, I don't – this is – yeah – nitpicking a lot considering how much we love this episode, but I just don't get Jack's like vision of his afterlife that he has have, has everything. Our hero literally wants it all, doesn't he? So I'm glad she's back, but no, I don't think I'm a fan of her being the mum. She does a good job in this episode, Elizabeth. Oh, she's Jordan. great. Yeah. At this point, me is Elizabeth Mitchell. Oh, but like this scene with the freaking like when Jin and Sun wake up and like, you know, they're like, oh, God, yeah. And then although I do like it when... Uh, Juliet's like, oh, you, I don't know what you're talking about. You speak great English. <laughs> like, oh, oh. Well, this is, uh, this is like Juliet introduced herself to Halson and not Juliet Burke. So I guess she's ne- never married the other guy in the afterlife. Um, and I do like when they're like, oh, you don't speak English. Okay. I'll try not to speak too much. She's like talking, rambling <laughs> on. Like, as someone who deals with a lot of, Korean people who don't speak English, like, this is not the way to do it, Julia. Um, They're all saying to you, oh, you don't speak Korean? That's okay, I won't say much. So, anyway, you've got cancer. You're like, oh, yep. <laughs> like, I know, I know she probably doesn't deal with many non-English speaking pe- people, but, like, as a, someone who's... The one church in LA. Kind of that. <laughs> oh, the one in the hospital, kind of, sorry. <laughs> kind of, kind of uh, yeah, that's my, that's my thing, so... 
uh, Bad Julian. Uh, but she, she's doing the ultrasound, and this is where we get our first awakenings of the episode, where Sun and Jim wake uh, They had just died three episodes ago, and here they are, and they can speak English now for, for reasons. And, yeah, oh, this got me, This because especially them dying, like if they were still alive in the show, I think it would, would still be emotional, but the fact we saw both of these people die, but they've found each other again in in the afterlife and they remember now oh it's yeah and again the music just adds to it again we don't always have to keep saying that but like it, it's just it's so well done and it's like it's kind of you know it's almost like they sit down and going like all right we want to have like a greatest hits compilation of every character except for boone let's just say that um of all the things they got up to on the island how are we going to do that and i mean i guess we sort of got hints of that throughout this season with the flash sideways like the awakenings of people but this just throws it down our throat and 90 percent of these are amazing and make you cry let's not talk about shannon's and saeed's but um yeah like it's just god and the music and the flashes and their reactions we always talk about reactions although the one thing i will say slight criticism daniel day kim apparently just got an american accent now when he says to juliet like we'll see you there like there's not that sort of hint of him being korean with a bit of an accent still is there so he loses that but it's very what happened but yeah it's it's amazing it's just really clever the way they found a way to like honor the past and do these Mm. sort of montages while still make it a part of the story it's not like there's just montages for like it's a sitcom or something like (laughs) yeah they found a way to actually in to reflect on six seasons of this show, but make it a part of the story, which is quite yeah. clever, really. The de- and that's why I'm saying the editing deserves an award. Um, and then we get a bit of uh, mild flirting from our hero to uh, old Gummy Joe, where he's saying, oh, I might kill you, uh, <laughs> but I'm sure I'll see you on the other side. Um <laughs> Nice little you can call man. me. You can call me John, isn't it? Like, oh, you're about to yeah, cut over my back. Oh, okay. Finally, these two are getting together. Um, 2022, they would have gotten together. They wouldn't have been afraid <laughs> to make these two a couple. Yeah, the love octangle wrangle wangle. Um, <laughs> and yeah, this is where he he asked Jack, "Oh, did they ever find your dad?" Which is quite sweet. And he's like, "Yeah, actually, this morning." Um, so that's kind of sweet, and. That he says, if I can fix you, Mr. Locke, that's all the peace I'll need. And then it says uh-huh. here on Lostpedia, John smiles. <laughs> John has a wank. <laughs> Rubs one a, out it's before. It's a nice little scene between Jack and Locke. Uh, kind of our last one besides the church, right? So Yeah, I mean, I think I mentioned last week kind of being their last kind of... I guess this is technically it because the next time they're kind of... Jack's going to be like, oh, you're an idiot. You're not really... Uh, fixed. I'm not that good of a surgeon. <laughs> um, so there's there's some great sort of Jack Lock moments on the island that I love. Oh, this God, episode, yeah. but we'll get to that later. Um, yeah, Jack's Jack not punching this like, guy in the rain right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Jack tell like, me what I can't do. As much as I have shit, shit on him, our hero, like, and say what you will about Matthew Fox as a person, but like as an actor. Like, he steals the show. Like, he does such a great job in this episode. Like, he's the star. Um, Party of Fives, Matthew Fox. Yeah, Last Lights, Matthew Fox. Um, this is probably my least favourite scene of the whole episode where we've got Jack Julia and the son, like, oh. 
definitely oh, not my least favourite scene. <laughs> and Julia and mild flirting with the ex-wife, like, good luck, doctor. Thank you, yeah, doctor. I don't, I don't get how it's like these two are, were together, but apparently just have an amicable divorce. It's like, oh, oh, lol, here you are. We had a kid, but we're not together anymore. And then you get like, I don't like the bit where um, Sawyer kind of comes out of the one. elevator and looks at her like, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely not my least favourite scene. We'll get to that. But like, it's, um, it's, yeah, I guess you had to have this big reveal that she's the mother of the child. Like, oh, okay. I love how formal Lost Peter it says, as Julia and David leave, they pass Detective Ford. Oh, <laughs> Detective Ford. Um, so, yeah, uh, great, great Sun and Jin moment. Like, that's their sort of awakening quite early on. Um, all right, here we go. Oh. Outside a bar. Outside a bar. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> I mean, there's so so much bad about this scene, but so much good. Like, it gets redeemed so very quickly. (laughs) This is a whole other show, and what a way for Boone to go out in this show. Uh, This is why I wanted you to wear the Boone shirt. Um, I'll quickly fly back to New York, shall I? (laughs) We have Hurley and Saeed sitting... Did you? What did you do? You just threw it in a bin in an airport? I had it like, no, I had like a bag of like clothes, which um I gave to my friend. I'm just like, oh, donate these or something like that. Like, oh, so there's going to be some like uh, lower class family who go to like buy some cheap clothes. Someone's going to be wearing a boot shirt out there. <laughs> it's going to be, yeah, there's somebody in New York right now going to Vinnie's and just is wearing an orange boot shirt. <laughs> <laughs> the shirt is out there somewhere. Like, yeah. Where's the shirt? Hashtag. I donated um, it. I'm not an asshole. Maybe Ian Summerholder is like shopping. Yeah. <laughs> He's in New York. Oh, look at this. When you see in his Instagram, pick this up at Vinny's for five dollars. <laughs> uh but they're 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 like outside of a bar and Said's like, what are we doing? And I'm like, oh, I can't tell you. Uh, but there's a cute little moment where Hurley says, I trust you, Say, because I think you're a good guy. And not enough people have told you that in your life. Like that, as much as he's a terrible character, and Naveen probably gives maybe one of the worst performances of the episode. There, there's something kind of sweet about that. But I just wish there was a bit more of a reaction other than Naveen just going, "Oh, oh really?" <laughs> Again, that's just Naveen. Sweet. It's kind of sweet when he calls him a good guy, right? Like, that's a nice little conclusion to that sort of ah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, and it's like you get like a little moment there because, I mean, I guess we talked about when he died the other week about how he doesn't really have a great arc of everything. But, I mean, this guy tortured people and kind of tried to get away from his past as this Iraqi torturer. So there's something there. And, like, you know, Hurley's kind of besties with everyone, right? So, like, I mean, he's the one to really deliver this. But here we go. Uh it says here, I'm going to read it verbatim. Two men emerge from the bath. Men. Oh, he's a man. Good on, good on, boom. Not, not a boy. He's a man. I'm a real boy. <laughs> Two men emerge from the bar fighting, followed by a woman. A woman? Uh, <laughs> who is pushed to the ground. And here we go. Our hero, Saeed. Like, oh, no, not a woman. Getting pushed to the ground, runs out. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to save him. Right after he just got called a good guy, so he's like, got to live up to this. Uh, so Saeed goes and like, starts bashing up the guy. Uh, <laughs> and then it says here, meanwhile, one of the participants in the fight, Boone, <laughs> which is a, 
The early made Boone get bashed up. Boone's conclusion in this show is him getting bashed up. Is that not the most in-character moment for Boone ever? That he's getting bashed up? I'll do it. He's bait. I'll do it. I'll do it so that some other guy can bone his sister. Uh, like, it, it, like he wants to bone his sister. So if anything, the happy ending should be Boone and Shannon ending up in the church why together. They, but, why, why weren't they in the church together? Yeah, which, I mean, they're only they're not blood-related, so that would have made sense. But like, no, but in know. all seriousness, like, they shouldn't have, like, they shouldn't have, like, made out in the church, Boone and Shannon, but they were family like why mm. couldn't they have ended up together like you still have shannon in the church she's just not is, snogging naveen andrews is boone the only single person in the church i was laughing when i was watching <laughs> it and he's like looking around like when everyone's hugging <laughs> oh. boone like bring him back but like he's got no one boone's like the lonely he's going to heaven everyone's off having a couple's party and he's just sitting around going oh can't do anything i'm bored in heaven Poor Boone. He should have ended up with Shannon, not in like a creepy way, but he yeah. Ends up but with so, Shannon, Naveen Andrews ends up with Nadia. Simple. So I'm wondering the logistics. Did did Hurley, did Hurley uh, pay like this guy to bash up Boone, or did he just tell Boone to go into this bar and provoke a man and get bashed up? Like, what are the logistics? Here? Yeah, and why is Boone hanging out with his sister in a? Bar? Like, I mean, like, I thought they didn't like it because, like, he's like, oh, you don't know what I had to do to get her back from Australia, which at the same time we didn't see Shannon in the beginning of this season, so where was she on that plane? Um, I don't think I remember she that. he said to Locke, like, oh, she's, I couldn't get her to come back. It must have been a Maggie Grace availability. Yeah, but, yeah, that's right. But, yeah, no, it's <laughs> logistics. I need you to – but, again, it's just, but I'll do it. Like, like Hurley's contacted – Boone getting bashed up. Hurley's contacted Boone. All right, we need to get Shannon – we need to get your sister and say back together, I know, I'll get bashed. Um, I wasn't going to go with that, but if you yeah, are, do it. <laughs> but we're, we're not robbed of clearly, like, Boone's awake at this moment. Why didn't we get Boone waking up? Like, yeah. Hurley – did like, Hurley what, kiss what, Boone or something? Yeah, how did Boone wake up? What did Hurley do? Boone's always awake. Come on, Boone's awake. I know everything. Maybe Hurley found Joanna and he's like no. put her out to sea and that woke him up. I actually or just realised Locke's single to the stationery the store. Locke's single in the afterlife, so Boone and Locke are yeah. old uh, banging mm-hmm. each other. In the, uh, in the afterlife. But, yeah, no, it's, uh, I want to see all this too because, yeah, this is my least favourite scene when we're going to hear with Shannon and so. Oh, God, I hate this so much. But it does redeem itself with Boone on the car window and he's little like, oh, should we stop him? Nah. <laughs> I love that. Like Boone and Hurley just hanging out by the window watching Naveen and Shannon macking it on. Because um, he hated this back in season one, didn't he? He wanted to bash up Saeed. So all of a sudden he's okay. Yeah, Boone, my sister. But does... Uh, does... Uh, Maggie Grace even her lie? I'm trying to remember. Does she even say anything? I think she says Saeed. I think that's her line. <laughs> she probably got paid more for that than we've ever been paid in our but, life. But even even in the like the thing, I, I I don't count like the flashback scenes. Maybe it's ten scenes in all of them. But like they literally have like ten little clips that they can show of their Macadon because it lasted what four episodes. Like and this is just where it's yeah. so and fucking in real life stupid. it was about seven days in like island uh. time. And this don't we we've we've complained to the cows come home about this should be Nadia, but like it's just the thing I hate about this is like you literally just have them sitting in a car, he goes back and the reveal of Shannon is this quick, ah, oh, and then that's it. You get you don't get it's anything a, it's else. It's a from gross them at all. kiss. It's not sexy it at all. 
Yeah. And it's just like, again, like, do you awaken this quickly that you want to like, you know, like Saeed was fucking French prostitutes and all this kind of stuff when he was off doing, you know, things that and everything else. Like, like I'm not taking away from the attractiveness and probably the sexual ability of Shannon. But like at the end of the day is like, you've been with women. I've been with women in our lives that have been a nice little flickering of passion for a day or two. But if I'm in a church, I'm not remembering random girl seven I slept with off Tinder last week versus, like, all the other ones that had a meaningful connection. Like, I hate this love story even five years after it was on, four years, whatever it's been, and I hate this. I hate him being with Shannon in the end. I hate it even though it brings Boone back. And Shannon, I'm glad to see Shannon. I'm glad they got Maggie Grace back for the finale. Wasted. Wasted. That's the thing is, like... And like he's in his forties, she's twenty one. Like it's creepy. I I'm um, not like I don't I don't buy into the age gap being a creepy thing. Love can happen at any ages. Whatever no, you can laugh at, whatever. Twenty one. But when Naveen doesn't look that age anyway, but the, I just I hate this. I hate their love story. And the age is not a problem. It's just it's stupid. You naughty the whole time, and then this is what you go with. Like for fuck's sake, this would be like in Friends. If all of a sudden in the last scene you think Ross and Rachel are about to get together, and Ross ends up with Julie from season one, there you go. There's a Friends reference for you. (laughs) This is like I feel like the most universally agreed kind of talking point. I feel like they probably regretted this. Um, It's got like I don't. I yeah. I I would love to see if this has ever been explained why. I just don't get why you couldn't have had a scene of Hurley seeing Boone and Shannon and letting them wake up and they were brother and sister and like not everyone in the afterlife has to be moving on with a couple. Like they, they were what 23 and 21 when they both died and they didn't really yeah. have a significant couple. Boone had the blonde tennis girl and uh, she had Saeed for seven days. Like their most meaningful thing is they had each other even when they had the evil stepmom. Like that yeah. makes sense. Have a scene of, Boone and Shannon waking up together and, oh, yeah, we, we may not be romantic, but we, uh, we've we got our hearts and our minds in the right place. <laughs> but, it, but it's um, a good point because they've had a difficult childhood, you know, so it's kind of like that's – it's kind of like goes back into Kate waking up because she had a child. Like you became a mother, so that's your – you know, well, you're off the list or whatever it is. So, like, it's why can't you have that as a family connection, you know, going through – I agree with that completely and – yeah, you've, I mean, I still wouldn't be completely opposed to them ending up together because, again, they're not fully brother and sister and Boone's been in love with Shannon. So it's kind of like, well, Shannon wakes up and goes, you're right, like, you're, I love you too. Like, that probably would have caused controversy, but they're not fully That's brother and sister. But, well, but they're not fully brother. We talked about this back in Hearts and Minds. Like, it's, it's, it's creepy to the point, but they're not fully, like, related. But I just I just hate it so much that it's Shannon say together. It was Bad on the island. It's terrible in the church and justice for Nadia. The whole bit is just a little creepy. The kiss is not hot at all or not romantic at all. And, yeah, like, if I could change one thing about the finale, I would change this. Ian Summerholder, though, for what? He's one, like, talking scene. He puts it it on. He he, like, he does a really good job in this little bit here where he's just kind of like, oh, should we stop him? Nah, like, let's go have a beer, Hurley. Like, get our buddy old pal. Like, this is the thing That's with Ian Summerholder. Like, who gets bashed up? This is why he's such a great character and such a great actor. This is the first person who gets killed off on this show. Basically, the the big plot twist, which is, what, five seasons ago. He's always ready and willing uh, to go, I'll do it, I'll do it. just bought a house. Exactly, just bought a house. I'm sure he's on Vampire Diaries at this point. So it's Vampire Diaries Ian Summerholder. 
but like he's still willing to come out and just do this. And I think from social media, he every now and then will post up about loss. So good for him. Like he's Instagram's Ian Summerholder. He's easily the most followed of all the lost actors ever on, on social media. He's got a huge following. I'm sure 90% of that is Vampire Diaries women. Oh, Ian Summerholder. But like, and men, me. But it's, yeah, it's, I, I just appreciate the fact that he was still willing to like, you know, kind of just do this and still put his all in. Like, he's so good in this scene. Good for Boone. And, and Boone. Wore, and he wore for a, Boone. And he wore a fedora that one time. Oh, just just still top, top, top ten favourite characters for Ben Waterworth on this rewatch. Let's sign out. <laughs> this is an ending for Boone, so sign out for Boone. I'll just Kill say... Kill puppy dog in the church. I've got a pen for Boone. Oh, um, yeah. Me not too. A video, Get not your a video pens out. show, but we're both holding up pens right now. So. Hashtag pens out for Boone. <laughs> pens out for Boone. Good job, Boone. If only we had a T-shirt. Um, I literally, I don't think I ever told you this story. I had a girl on one of these apps in the last six or so months, and we're talking about Lost. And they were like, who's your favourite character? And I, I replied with Boone. And they're like, oh, no one's favourite character is Boone. Who is it really? And I ended up, like, explaining why Boone was so great. And they're like, actually, that's the best selling I've ever heard of Boone. You might have swayed me on liking Boone more than I ever did. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. Hashtag Booned. You're doing... <laughs> you just got Booned. <laughs> you just got Booned. <laughs> you're doing the Lord's work there, spreading the love and teachings of Without Boone, Boone we wouldn't have had the hatch and Locke wouldn't have had his awakening. So no. Boone is the start of everything in this show. You're welcome. I do wish we got a Locke-Boone moment because that was the big thing in season one, but whatever. We it sort of did all in about the, We sort of did in the first episode yeah. of the season. So. yeah. Can't be all about Boone, but good job, Boone. Good job, Shannon. Oh, good pens out, pens out for Boone. <laughs> pens out for Boone. You just got Boone. You just uh, got Boone. <laughs> so now we uh, click to the the concert, and ah, uh, do we need Charlotte back for the finale? And oh. her and Charlie never met, so why don't we have a Charlie Where's, Charlotte um, scene? Where's what's her face? Who's where's Naomi? Is it Naomi? Naomi I thought that. Like, why didn't they bring her back? She's better than Charlotte. Oh, she is. She's not great, but like it's kind of like of all the the freighter crew, she's the only one who she never comes back. Charlie. Isn't she? Yeah, she. Oh no, she came back in one of the episodes, didn't she? Didn't we get her in? No, I'm thinking in of someone sideways. else. Yeah. So yeah, why why is Charlotte back again? Ugh. They never met Charlie and Charlotte, so he's filming this finale like big reunion, and he's like, "Who are you?" Um, At least she's not in the church, though, right? Like, <laughs> and when we get a bit of Daniel Faraday, Daniel Reborn. Like, these freighter folk don't get a whole lot to do in this finale, but it's good to see them back. They don't get to the, go to the church. But I like that they're not there because they never really were sort of like, like, like Jack has barely met Miles even by the end of the show. So I like that they're not there. I think it makes sense, right? Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a random cameo, sure. I like Faraday. I like his fedora here. It's kind of got silver streaks on it. It's a nice-looking fedora. Although I do still question the fusion of, like, Daniel Faraday on a piano and drive shaft. It doesn't sound great. <laughs> barely. <laughs> it sounds awful and it's barely fusion. It's like he plays, then he stops, and then they play, and then they stop. Because some of those, awful. some of those weird ones. Didn't Metallica do something with like the London Symphony Orchestra? It actually worked. Like it actually kind of sounded pretty cool. And I know there's been other ones like Eminem and freaking Elton John did a song together. Like it kind of weirdly we worked. Not robbed of having one last you all, everybody. Come on. Yeah, well, I'm Please. glad they got what's his face back though, the lead singer guy. Yeah. This Liam, like he shows up in episode seven, The Moth. Little did he know, six years later, he gets to be in the big finale of Lost. Yeah. And Francois Chow. Oz Networks, yeah. Francois Chow here. 
He's back. You got to have him back. They're like, uh, Daniel Whitmore accompanied by Travis <laughs> And everyone's like, Travis Shaw! You know, like, they're all sitting down on these like players there, front row. Like, Bloody love um, drive shaft. Is this where she's like hooking up with a with a um, nephew, and she's like, "Guess it's just you and me, kid." Because like when Jack gets called back, no, Juliet gets called back to the hospital. It's like creepy. That nephew definitely has the hots for Aunt Claire. Oh, absolutely. Um, um but yeah, he's got a and hot this mom is where... and a hot aunt. Like Jesus, I'm hanging out of their house. <laughs> yeah, and he's not even real. That's the cruel irony for him. Well, um, he can get away with it then. <laughs> This is where uh, Claire's like, oh, this to be a few days earlier. Uh, and she she recognizes her, and then we get a sweet little. Mo- I like that, even though he's dead. Like they give Charlie quite a lot to do in this finale because he was an important character, and we got Charlie looking out and seeing Claire, and and the Claire's like, oh no, this is my baby. Um. Well, last time for TV's Emily DeRaven. I'll probably never see anything of her in it again. So. Well, SBS. Um, once upon a time, Emily DeRaven. I like. I love that Charlie's got the smouldering look so bad that he can make a woman give birth. Uh, that's what Dominic Monaghan oh, does Monaghan. to women. I have to say, uh, props to him as an acting because he looks awful in such. He does, um, and I think they've done a good job at like deliberately doing that, though. So yeah. Um. Oh, I have to wonder what's with Eloise's hair in this episode. <laughs> you know, she's got like ginormous, like Einstein. Um, she's Colonel Sanders with a perm, basically. <laughs> I mean, you gotta you gotta have her back, right? And she's she's always been a bit like Desmond. She sort of transcends space and time, and they've always kind of gone out of their way to never explain why she can sort of be in like the past and the future. And I kind of like that. I like that. Yeah, this show needs to answer questions and everything, but I like that there was one character who sort of defies the laws of reality and can kind of exist in the afterlife and in the past. Like, I don't know yeah. how you feel about her. Well, I, I, I think with Faraday and and um, Desmond, like they're kind of those people that you tie that world into. So, yeah, I agree with it. I think it's good. Although I do question, where's Widmore? Why isn't Widmore here? Like, I mean, he's like Desmond's boss and, like, wasn't he organised? Isn't he, like... Eloise, like, because he's like my wife, like, because he says, like, Eloise is his wife. So where's Widmore? I just maybe had a hissy fit. You do not kill off TVs, Alan Dale. (laughs) I'm I'm going to ugly Betty. (laughs) Yeah, once you kill off Alan Dale, you never go back. Um, (laughs) uh, Although in Neighbours, he appeared in that like Christmas decoration. On I sent you that thing. (laughs) (laughs) You just got Alan Dale. (laughs) That was so bad. I know soap operas are known for their flashbacks. It was like a weird fever dream, that thing. I I remember at Home and Away when Irene like had a vision of a dead husband in a fridge door. Um, (laughs) What was it? This was like Alan Dale's vision in the rearview mirror or something. It was like a little Christmas bauble dangling from his thing. Christmas bauble, Alan Dale. After um, neighbours Steph and Dennis had a car crash. Like, um, you know, so I didn't realise that Steph and Dennis' character was Alan Dale's son. I wish I had known that. I interviewed Steph and Dennis like years ago for the Brinks. If I'd have known that, I would have talked to him about working with Alan Dale. (laughs) This Christmas, get your Alan Dale bauble. I would. I would. I'd have gladly have that on my tree. Remind me this Christmas. I'll put one on my Christmas tree. I'll print a little picture out of him. Yeah, and then I'm sure you'll throw it out in a charity <laughs> shop. I promise you when I get my next cat called Roger Moore, I will not throw out Roger Moore. The, the, some little Jimmy's going to get the Allendale, like, bauble that you've thrown out and, like, 
season Santa. I tell you what, I'm going to have my cat's going to be called Roger Moore, and if I get another cat or a dog, it's going to be called Boone. Yeah. That's a dog. If we get a dog, it has to be called Boone. I'll do it. I'll do it. (laughs) Uh, I think I'm committed. When I get a dog, I'm calling it Boone. That's that's the perfect dog name. It really is. You just got Boone. (laughs) Boone, little doggy. I'm Boone. Yeah, Boone. (laughs) Boone did Um, a poo on the carpet again. I, I like this moment that we have this one line from Eloise, though, like saying, like, oh, people like Faraday and Charlotte, yeah, they're going to move on, but they're not going with you. Yeah. That's kind of like, that kind of leads more into the whole Jack's vision sort of thing that I, they didn't have to have this line, but I kind of liked that she's like, they're not leaving with you, like that they put that in. I, I mean, that's going back to what I said last week about how I liked the line with Anna Lucia, that she's not ready yet, because... Yeah, I think it works well, and you're going to have these people questioning, oh, why doesn't Faraday move on? Why doesn't this one? But, like, you just have a little throwaway line. This is what we talk about. Sometimes a throwaway line is all you need. Like, this is where we needed an echo line or something like that, you know? Like, oh, Mr. Echo couldn't make it. I don't know. Like, it's just you have a line here or there that explains things, and it works. So, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I have to, when I was watching this episode, I was thinking that I have to imagine a lot of Desmond's role in this episode in this season probably would have been Echo. I imagine Echo would have been the ones kind of guiding them all for waking up and going to, and I've never thought about that until I watched this episode, but I, I imagine a lot of that was probably meant for Echo. Damn you, Triple A. Buddy Cop, you know, Echo and Desmond get the gang uh, together. It would have been good if, uh, have a little cameo, have Triple A, have Echo beating up Boone. Yeah. Could have been good. <laughs> Hello, Boone. Um, yeah, it's so sad about Triple A never coming back. He's the one. He's definitely the one where it's like, of all the people who didn't come back, him. Because he's the only one that really doesn't ever come back, right? Yeah, and it works for Christian Shepard being there, but it kind of would have been pretty epic, like Echo opening up those doors. Like That would have been pretty cool. Well, he's the, the um, jesus guy. He was a priest. Well, sort of. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> kind of illegally in, a priest, illegally a priest. He, that would maybe in the sideways we have him being Charlie's dealer. That could have been good. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, triple A. What a man. Yeah. Good guy. Should have come back. Um. Hello. Uh. So this is where we have like Claire going after. I'm having my baby, and we have Kate going after her. Um. Now, I've got some things to say about this scene that's not necessarily negative, but I have to love, like, that they they fully pulled the budget out that they couldn't afford to pay for this extra to have a line. So we have Rhodey, oh, uh, yeah. who, He's like, who's, ah! like, the most useless guy because he, he doesn't speak because they don't want to pay him. So he's there going, like, you know, Kate's like, go and get blankets. So I love when he runs off with his arms in the air, like, ah! Yeah, like, good job. Like, really? You said Boone's giving it to Ian Summerholder. I think TV's Paul Mitri. Ah, oh, Paul um, Mitri, the? I think he gives it his all when he runs off there. Uh, so, best known for his role in Past Midnight. Um, oh, that's where I know him from. Yeah, Paul Mitri. Most recent credit, How to Spell Revenge. Oh, good, good on High you. High five, of course. Paul um, Mitri. So, yeah, I liked him. He really gives it his all, this guy. Um, and this is where Kate's there and saying, like, Claire's saying, I'm not ready. And she's like, oh, I'm scared too, Kate. I'm like, 
I don't know if that's a, a dictate line. Like, I'm scared too. Like, you're having a bug, man. Um, <laughs> and we also have Charlie arriving and um, like like what happens uh, with Jin. Well, Jin should have been there as well. Um, and this is where uh, we have... Aaron being born again, uh, and both Kate and Claire waking up. And I've got two minds on this. One, I don't really like, like, I don't think we had to have Aaron being born again. Like, do we need to see that again? But, I mean, I've talked about it in the past, but one of the best, most underrated plot twists in Lost that never gets talked about is Kate's plotline story arc is amazing that... Evangeline Lily rightfully so had all these issues with this love triangle because it is stupid. Uh, and it was one of the worst parts of the show. Like we liked Jin and Sam, we like Penny and Desmond, Claire and Charlie, but the love triangle was just so TV. It was so cringy TV. And I love that Lost went this route where in the end, it's kind of neither Jack nor Sawyer. It's a little bit Jack, but in I the end, Kate. It's Jack, but that's not what the the ending is. Kate doesn't wake up when she meets Jack. Her ending is becoming a mother, going back to find Claire and bringing Claire home. And it makes sense that when she wakes up, it's it's with Claire and it's with Aaron. It it's not with Jack and it's not with Sawyer. Yes, she still sort of ends up with Jack, but Jack dies anyway. So, um, the, this is one of the greatest sort of story arcs that doesn't get enough credit. Kay has one of the best arcs in the show that that I get why Evangeline has issues with it. And then she went on to The Hobbit where she was in another love triangle with an elf and a dwarf. She can't get away from love triangle. Um, uh, Paul Rudd on The Wasp, Ant-Man and The Wasp. I think, I don't know if she's boning Iron Man on the side. I, I, I think she's just boning The Wasp. Um, well, she's The Wasp, Ant-Man. She's boning Ant-Man. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so I I I don't think it gets enough credit that in the end it wasn't Sawyer or Jackie, it was Aaron and Claire. And even though I don't think we need Aaron being born again, I, I love that this is the moment for them to wake up, or at least for Kate. Claire will have a Charlie thing coming in a minute too. I just love the fact that, again, Claire just can never escape in the afterlife. She's still fucking pregnant. She's still giving birth to Aaron. Third <laughs> time on the show we've seen her give birth to Aaron. I'm a baby. Um, yeah, no, I, I am on board. I mean, you know, it's it's yeah, I, I get the love triangle thing and I don't agree with who she ends up with, but even her ending up with someone, yeah, it's kind of just sort of glossed over, really, isn't it? It's just kind of like, cool, yep, here's Jack. Mwah, 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 let's that move big on. sort of TV moment of, ah, oh, okay, it was Jack in the yeah. end. Like, it Which, is there, but it's not that big sort of thing. Given how early on in Lost it was such a big deal, and then they kind of did really get over it after a while didn't they so yeah um but no I, i'm i'm on board with this although it does make me still question um when they get off the island how does this work does kate share parenting responsibilities are they, are they in a domestic relationship sharing oh okay uh or like i mean again does now, Evangeline... that's the sitcom i want to see because like does this imply that kate just never has children and this is her only chance of like children in the afterlife because she's so like connected to this baby i don't know um but well this is where I, I was going to bring this up later, but I think I just mentioned it now before I forget is the one kind of criticism or not criticism. The one thing I wish they did with Kate's storyline at the very end, I wish there was some way, maybe when she's saying goodbye to Jack or afterwards or something, her storyline is about being a mother. And I wish they tied that together and almost with the David Jack son thing, 
I wish there was one final reveal in this finale where Kate says, oh, Jack, I'm pregnant with your son. Or or maybe they don't even say it's Jack. It's just implied that it's Jack. And so then we, we know her storyline was, yes, Jack, but it was also about becoming a mother and bringing Claire back. Well, she brought yep. Claire back. She kind of got Jack. And then in the future, we don't get to see it. Obviously, that's lost too. But knowing that she ends up going and raising Jack's son and that she becomes a mother of her own, I think would have been such a, I'm almost baffled that they didn't do that. It makes too much sense to me. The, all the other way all that the I look way. at it is, and not just so we can kill her off, but like, I mean, have Claire die and just be like, because like the whole thing about Claire is seriously that she was going to give up the baby, right? So the whole thing is about her putting it away. So like, maybe she can be like, you know, like oh, she's dying, she's under a tree or something like that. And she's just like, look, you know, I was never meant to raise Aaron because I was always going to adopt him and you've done such a good job in the last few years. So, you know, he's your son now. And like, I don't know, like, sounds a bit cheesy, but I think that could have worked too. And then you kill TV's Emily Ravenoff. So, I mean, it's win-win for everyone. Or maybe not stuck in a tree, give her a heroic death. Like she was so cuckoo this time, but Sorry. maybe she, <laughs> she does. <laughs> I've got the bomb! Ah! Uh, I don't think you can kill off Claire. But, um, and then we have the Claire and Charlie waking oh. up. I, underrated relationship. Like I agree. Because they, they're the most normal. He's a drug addict rock star, but they're the most, you you can imagine them living in Muna or Glenorchy and having their, <laughs> having their cheese and relish sandwiches and just going for their kind of middle-class jobs. Living in and Muna. Just, uh, just, just, uh, they're the normal couple of this yeah. show. No, I'd not agree the hot, with that. romantic, over-the-top couple. Oh, just, Rose and Bernard? Oh, they're probably living in, like, Lena Valley, though, Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can't, it can't, they're like going to fish and fry and like underrated relationship i think because it's so I, rare to have sort of normal couples on tv but i agree with you because it feels natural because they only kiss like once don't they um it's you know never implied that they're off fucking in a tent like it's it i agree with you it just and it feels like one of those sort of natural couples that just happen you know and and we all know couples who you know, yeah, there are the people that's like all of a sudden like, oh, Colin and Nick are together. Oh, okay. But then all of a sudden it's just sort of like, oh, but Jamie and Rocky ended up together. Oh, it just naturally happened. Like, okay. Like, you and I, when we get married one day, like, it's just going to happen. you fantasizing too much. Ah, oh, the, the Oz Network um, menage. You've got the little action quark. figures that you play with. I, I write fan fiction for the Oz Network. It's great. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I agree with you. And I, 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 this is another moment where I tear up. Like, it's just, yeah, their little flashback area. And, you know, like, I've always liked Charlie. And, like, I shit on her a lot, I know. But Claire's never been the worst character on this show. <laughs> She's just easy to make fun of. So, yeah, I could see him living in Moona. Yeah. Yeah, going to Fish and Fry, hanging out with Charlie and Aaron, Chish watching and movies. Noah. Chish and Phipps, Prades, legs and breasts. Yeah, so good job to Claire and Charlie. That's basically it. Well, Claire gets a bit more when she's on the island. Leave me. Um, but, yeah, it's a nice little – I'm glad we had that moment too, um, much better than Said and Shannon. Um, then we get a bit of uh, a bit of angry Jack where Locke's like, oh, good job, you, you fixed me, it worked. Uh, we won't know that. You, you don't know that. It's just you need to wait and see. <laughs> and then we get a bit of wiggling toes and like, oh, it's kind of echoes when he was on the beach wiggling Echo. his toes. Uh, but then a bit of like have a bit more tact there, Locke, where Jack's like, I've got to go and see my son. Jack, you don't have a son. 
<laughs> but I <laughs> like uh, you have to imagine how weird that sounds for a patient to just tell you you don't have a son when you're off to see your son. Um, you, you'd literally be like, okay, we're gonna check that anesthesiologist what they've put in the <laughs> the cuckoo juice there. Like, you don't have a son, Jet, but uh, great acting from Matthew Fox when he's kind of like annoyed and frustrated, like, what is going on here? Like, you really buy that he's so like baffled by everything. And then a great line where Locke says, I hope someone does for you what you just did for me. Because oh. obviously, Locke woke up when he, like, it's not as emotional because it's not really a couple, but it's still like a great moment. And Terry O'Quinn does a great job. Uh, but the the humor in me wants Jeff to be like, what? But I'm not in a wheelchair. Yeah. Why? Why do I? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I, I, I uh, do love the, the I, flashback. I just though, love with... that you don't have a son. Line. It's so funny. I love the flashback, but like the little montage though, where we get old Gummy Joe with his orange in his mouth. Like, oh, gotta have <laughs> uh, Gummy Joe with his That's orange. The birth his... of Gummy Joe. <laughs> he says, "Old Gummy Joe flirting with Walt, um, throwing the knife." Um, yeah, I, I agree. And, like, just, I mean, these two are just the creme de la creme of acting on this show. So, yeah, I need to check these Emmy nominations. Surely, like, Matthew Fox was nominated for this or Terry O'Quinn. I know he didn't end up winning it. I think Terry O'Quinn did win one, didn't he? But, um, yeah. This this is where we get the formal Detective Ford uh, find <laughs> Sun and Chin. I love this little moment where they're just grinning at Sawyer and he's like, what are you smiling at? Um, and he's like, what's going on here? And son's like, we don't need protection. We're safe. And then Jin says, we'll see you there. So like, oh, we're all going somewhere. And Sawyer, see me where? Like classic Sawyer. Um, and cute little moment with Jack and Sawyer in the hospital where somewhere I can get some food. Um, the canteen at the hospital does not open very late. Because like, apparently well, the canteen is closed. Yeah, well, um, I mean, my limited experience in hospitals, they don't open that late, so that's on point. Uh, but this is where Sawyer gets the Apollo bar, and I'm sure you're going to have some issues with this scene, but I love like some great mild flirting from Juliet and Sawyer, and she's telling him to unplug it and... Um, and then get the bar, and then they touch with the bar, and they say it worked, and Sawyer's like, whoa, did you just see that? And then I think we have a great kiss from Sawyer and uh, Juliet, and he calls her Blondie, and I know that you don't like them as a couple, but I think it's such an, one of the more emotional wakings up of the whole episode. Just before I comment on it, I looked at the Emmys. Um, the only acting... One, so it got nominated for Outstanding Drama Series Lost to Mad Men. Never watched Mad Men, so I can't really comment on that. Um, I feel we've gone over this a little bit on Breaking Bad because Matthew Fox lost to Brian Cranston. Um, uh, for, yeah. So he lost in the episode Full Measure on Breaking Bad and he got nominated, uh, Matthew Fox, for the end. Um, and both Michael Emerson and Terry O'Quinn were both nominated for Outstanding Supporting Actor uh, Michael Emerson for Dr. Linus, Terry O'Quinn for The Substitute, and they were both beaten by Aaron Paul uh, for Breaking Bad. So, yes. Uh, and Jack Bender lost for the directing of this episode to the Dexter episode, The Getaway, Steve Schill. 
And Carlton Cuse and Damon Lindelof were nominated for Outstanding Writing for this episode, but lost out to Aaron Levy and Matthew Weiner for the Mad Men episode, Shut the Door and Have a Seat. So there you go. Um, Yeah, no, look. Uh, just I'm not a fan of this couple and I just think it's it's a Shannon uh, Saeed it's just it, it's rushed it's quick it's there it's a convenience relationship and it's never the ultimate relationship for me so um, it's better than the Shannon and Saeed awakening sure but I just don't I'm just not on board I'm sorry I just don't like it because it's just not my couple so I just don't like it I wish this was um, Sawyer and Kate I wish it was Sawyer and Kate that's that I would have been down on board with this if it was somehow Sawyer and Kate, but yeah, no, not not my couple, so I'm sorry, I'm not a fan. You are the only person who is anti this moment because it's such an emotional moment. Eh. Boo <laughs> eh. <laughs> Boon? Where? <laughs> you just got booned. Um <laughs> This is where Jack arrives at the concert and we have a Brief, mild flirting uh, with Kate, and looking we good. get a bit of a can we just bit of a flash, on, but Evangeline Lily looking good in that dress. Well, Desmond handpicked it. Um, yeah. I mean, Matthew Fox looking good in the suit as well. It's equal equal opportunity. Perfy looking great. Yeah, this is where he kind of resists. Like our hero is the one who's resisting moving on. Like he can't quite get there, so he has a little bit of a flash, and I like that sort of Jack's arc during this episode. Um, then we get, uh, uh, Ben's at the church and we get old Gummy Joe arriving in the taxi and big break for this guy. He doesn't even get a page, but taxi driver get big break in the lost finale. Gets to get Gummy Joe into his wheelchair. So good on taxi driver. Um, and then we have a nice little scene where like, Emerson on the island doesn't get a lot of great stuff in this episode, but I think the sideways, he gets a few good moments. Um, and then uh, Locke arrives and Ben says, well, most of them are inside. And then oh, Ben murdered this guy in season five and was so jealous of him. And for him to then admit to Locke that he's sorry for what he did to him, and that he was selfish and you were special and I had nothing. I like Locke. Like, what did I have? And uh, you were special. And that's all Locke's ever wanted to hear, for someone to tell him that he was special. And and now Ben has admitted that he wasn't special at all and that it was jealousy that was driving him. And Classic Ben. Would have... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that sounds familiar. Uh, who... <laughs> who... Lives up to the name. <laughs> <laughs> who would have ever thought watching season five and watching Ben Liners kill John Locke that we would somehow be able to have a conversation with these two where they put aside their differences and can admit their faults and air their grievance? Who would have ever been able to imagine that that could even be a possibility after he died? And yet it works so well. It, these two had such a relationship throughout the show and for Ben to admit that and for Locke to be told finally that he's special is such a great conclusion to their character arc. This finale is good, people. The uh, I've written down six potential top five moments. I I put this down. I like this Jack, uh, this Locke and Ben scene. It's a nice moment. It won't make the top five, but it's just a potential. Um, yeah, I'm on board with everything, although there's still part of me 
knowing Ben that like I still feel that like the next scene he's going to try and kill him in the church. So like, I mean, it's sort of, <laughs> I don't fully trust this guy, but um, yeah, it's a great moment. I just, I love little Michael Emerson sitting on his little bench. He's kind of got like a mm-hmm. boon puppy dog look on his face. Like, uh, like good posture from Michael Emerson. Yeah, on that very bench. great. Best, best posture acting in all of life. Let's say <laughs> that. Um, and obviously with the Hurley scene, we're going to get in a moment, but I like, and again, I like this going back to your point about how Eloise was saying like, Oh, you know, they won't move on with these people and analyze. Like, I like this kind of implication that Ben's not going to move on with them. Because, got to say, would that have made sense if Ben moved on with these people? No. So, like, I like the fact that they deliberately do this, where they're just like, no, Ben's not going to go into the church. He's not going to go in yet. And, um, yeah, like, even the moment with Hurley's nice enough to kind of see what's going to happen with that. But, uh, no, I, I'm on board with this. God, Ben is just great. What a name. It's just hard because he's such an important character of the show that they couldn't ignore him in the sideways, but yeah. he also couldn't be in the church. So it's a bit weird that he would even be outside of the church. But I think it makes sense because he's kind of they, like on the fringe of being involved enough that he would be there, but, you know. I mean, you mentioned that and it doesn't really make sense the way we're recapping this, but this is where Hurley goes out and... Ben says, oh, I'm not coming in, which makes sense. And I remember watching that at the time thinking, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but I love that Hurley doesn't even say anything. He just turns around to go back in. Like, ah. uh, but then he, then he says, like, uh, Ben, you are a great number two. And no. Hurley, you are a great number one. I remember not liking this at the time, and it's really grown on me a lot. But I remember because we just find out on the island that, oh, can you help me, Ben? Okay. And then... But it is kind of weird. We don't know. It could have went on for 50 years, and that's the beauty. We'll never know, and we don't need to know. We don't need Lost too. So I kind of like this scene that that they did go on to have a relationship, and maybe Ben did redeem himself, which is a hard thing to do, but maybe they fought another battle and Ben was a real hero. We don't know how long these two were together. So it's, it's a sweet moment. I agree with everything. The only disappointing thing that I have is I would have kind of liked Ben to take over the island. I just think that, like, he kind of is that guy, you know, the what about me, what about you? Like, he's the one who's fought so much and done everything for the island and everything that, you know, like, yeah, okay, he's a second in control. But, like, it's kind of we can talk about the the epilogue or whatever it's called, you know, obviously next week. But it's like, I don't know. It would have been nice if maybe Hurley had a line here where he said, like, you know, you were a great number two and then you went on to be a great leader of the island or something like that. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I just, part of me wishes we had got something where Ben was the, you know, person in control. I don't be offended to his character. Like, we just had the the thing of where saying to Locke, I wasn't special. I wanted all that. And his arc is knowing, oh, I'm not a leader and I should go with the flow and I should follow orders. So Classic I, I Ben. completely disagree. <laughs> Classic um, Ben. <laughs> Uh, I do like when you click on number one uh, as a hyperlink, it takes you to protectors and it's got like mother started and it says when they started and ended ancient times, Jacob started ancient times. I like, yeah, it's got like little notes for each protected. Jack died one day into his job. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, shit leader, Jack, just quitter, loser. And, And then. And then they've got a little section here, advisor to the protector, Richard, started in 1867, ended in 2007. Ben's advisor to Hurley started in 2007. And it says unknown, possibly incumbent. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like you see those articles of like, president of the United States began their term, <laughs> left their term. Uh, here we go. All three deceased protectors' deaths involved being stabbed. 
it's a thing. Oh. Um, and we'll talk about this in the epilogue, but yeah, Hurley recruited three years later for Walt to come and come on board, but we'll talk about that. Why Walt? Um, I guess racially diverse. Got to, you know, special. like, why not? Yeah. Um, and this is where Jack and Kate arrive at the, the church and we'll, we'll cap it almost here, but, and we'll come back to the, the end end bit with Christian. Um, but he's like, why did you bring me here? She's like, this is where you were going to have your father's uh, funeral. And he's like, what is going on? Why are all these people so uh, kooky lala? And Kate's like, okay, I'll, I'll wait for you. Uh, we're ready to, to go. And he's like, ready for what? She's like, ready to leave. Oh. Um, and we'll cap it there and we'll come back to, I think, all the stuff with Christian. Um but when you were watching, I have to say I'm a bit of a dumb bum. I'm like the dumb bum American viewers. I'm a dumb bum American viewer. I I think watching this the first time, I still didn't. It still didn't click. I still didn't know where they were leaving or how what they all knew. And I don't know. Had you pieced it together by this point? I think until Christian says it, I didn't actually know what I, was happening. Yeah, I don't think I did either. If I'm being completely honest, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I think it was one of these ones where, you know, you watch it and then you kind of make up your interpretation and then you go online and read and you go, oh, okay, so I was right for the most part. I interpret it correctly and, oh, okay, this is what it meant. Um, So, yeah, but no, I don't think it connected the dots for me either. I think I was dumb bum Australian. Hello to our American listeners. I'll be nice to you. Uh, it is kind of great this show somehow had kept us guessing until the very last moment. Like it's, yeah. it is a character show, and we'll talk about that. But it, it also was about mysteries, and they kept the mystery going right until the end. And it keeps you engaged the first time you're watching it, but it also means you can go back and watch it differently the second time, uh, like the whole of season six. Um, but before we get into the island stuff, do you have any final kind of comments on the sideways? Do you like? all the stuff happening with the sideways for the finale, or is it too much of a waste of time for our last episode? I've always been a Flash Sideways fan, and I think kind of in covering these in the last, you know, few weeks or years, considering how many gaps we had in between it uh, for season six as well, like it, yeah, I I still have enjoyed it all. I think one thing I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, and it's, you know, we talked about the great acting, like it just, I love it when you come to a finale and obviously the actors know this is the finale, so... Sometimes you can see them, like, just playing along, going with emotions. Oh, God, this is nearly over, thank God. Or, like, you know, they, they can sort of go emotionally with it. And I think kind of you just see that with some of these actors, in particularly in the Flash Sideways. It's, like, almost like a level of emotional, you know, relief that this is where it's coming to. So I think it all works well. Yeah, fuck off Shannon and Saeed. Fuck off Juliet and Sawyer. But other than that, everything else is great. Yeah, I think I don't think it is a waste of time because... I'm not a sideways fan, but I am satisfied more and more each viewing with the whole meeting, meeting up in the afterlife and uh, just having these montages. It just blows my mind how they were able to pull that off and have like a celebration of this show without it feeling like a clip show. Yeah. Um, but let's get into the island stuff with a lot going on and it's like an action movie this week. Um, some of it we can like sort of jump through um but we'll also could then come back to the sideways at the end um so here we go our last time on this island ever um so it picks up with the montage that we had cut with the sideways um and this is where we have our gang 
four originals, OGs, Hurley, uh, Sawyer, Kate and Jack. Um, and then I, I like this little moment where Sawyer's like, so you're the new Jacob. Feel any different? Jack's like, eh, not really. Um, <laughs> Got a bigger dick. <laughs> an extra two inches. Yeah, bloody um, hell. Jacob, packing. Yeah. <laughs> but this is where Jack kind of fills them in on the heart of the island stuff, and we'll get into that as well. Um, I like that uh, Hurley calls it the lock smoke thing. It's yeah. kind of fun. And then later... Uh, Finally, six seasons in, somebody actually says the word Smokey, which was a kind of nod to the fans, where Sawyer calls him Smokey. That's kind of fun. Um, there's a lot of nods to the fans and the kind of meta humor in this show, in this episode, uh, which is pretty Lindelof uh, trademark. Uh, and then uh, then that's where Sawyer talks about, well, they were talking about Desmond, and that's what Saeed said. And uh I do like that they kind of make fun of it. Like, Jacob didn't really say much about anything, so we don't know what's going on, but maybe we need to go and find Desmond and he can help us. Um, and then cute, mild flirting, meta, meta, mild flirting, or cringy. I want to know when Sawyer says, okay, I'm going to go off and I'll invite you along, Freckles, but you're only just going to come and track me and come along for the ride anyway. And then Kate, I'll, I'll just have to resist the urge and then come along anyway. Cute, mild, meta-flirting or cringy? What do you think? Ah, it's a bit of both, but I think that's what it works about because I like the bit where it's kind of just, yeah, I mean, you talk about the fans and that sort of stuff. That's just always the thing. We saw it in the uh, Honest trailer. Uh, so, yeah, I, I kind of like that they kind of play a bit of fun with it, really. I, I, I'm on board with it. Like, Kate is such a sort of, good sort of feminist character but if this was in 2022 the amount of times that they told her that she couldn't come and then had her like tracking along like that would not happen now um i don't get why she was shot just to be forgotten about that she was shot five seconds later (laughs) it it was so jack got onto the sub because he wasn't going to leave remember well don't take away from my opinions Noah. shut up (laughs) (laughs) uh do you do you like getting a little Star Wars reference in there from Hurley? I have a bad feeling about well, this. Well, he meant doesn't he mention something about Star Wars in the lead up to this anyway? Like I, you know, I like it how he gets a few uh, Star Wars references here and there. But yeah, the, it's the only thing I'll say I don't like about it is it the way they kind of like zoom in on his face. It's like I've got a bad feeling about this. It's like boom, <laughs> lost. Yeah, that's a bit cheesy, but no, it's fine. Yeah, the, the Sawyer Kate stuff is cheesy, but I think it's just it's the last episode. It works. Celebrate. Like, yeah, is a bit out of place, sure. But uh this is where Kate's like, why did you take the job? Um and and he said, Well, I, I was supposed to, and it's the only thing I left that I haven't ruined. Well, poor our hero Jack. Yeah. Um and uh Kate says, well, you can fix everything. And Hurley says, This is would be very sweet if we weren't all about to die. Um <laughs> Classic Hurley. Uh, I like this little scene where Sawyer pops up to the the well, and we got Ben like old horses, like with his little rifle, and good good uh, tension between Sawyer and Gummy Joe, Man in Black, Gummy Foe, uh, where he's like, I "Came to get Desmond in the well, but it looks like it's already happened." Um, and then that's where Sawyer's like, "Well, you want you want him, um, Desmond, to destroy the island." I love and, old Gummy Joe. Like when he's like, he's like, you don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, do you want Desmond destroy the island? I love Locke. That's exactly what I want to do. 
and, uh, and then like a bit of sassy Gubby Joe uh, man in black where and Jacob and all these little candidates are going to go down and you're not going to survive. And then, and then like cryptic stories, like, well, we're not candidates anymore. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, and ben gets one last again. Ben getting bashed up. We needed that yep. in the finale. One last yep. Ben getting bashed up. Uh, Guy's got brain damage. I'm sorry. Like, no wonder he's sitting outside the church. You get into it. And like Dick Lock moment, last Dick Mo- Locker moment of the show, maybe, uh, where you alluded to it last week, where, oh, Ben, when I told you that you were going to have the island to yourself, I left out that it was going to be underwater. <laughs> but you can come with me on my boat. Like, whoa. Um, That's what I'm going to say to you. Like, no, you can have the Oz Network. I didn't tell you it was cancelled. Like, Max Dawson was finally correct. A uh, bit on the nose, do you not think, when Locke's like, uh, these look like dog prints. Yeah. <laughs> no, what does he say? I'd say it. I wrote, wrote it down. Here. It's like, um, I think there was a dog here. I'm like, oh, <laughs> the best return of this episode, Vincent! Yay! A great little scene. I'm so glad they put this oh, in. Rose and Bernard, like, what a cabin they've been making. Come on. Bloody oath. Because I uh, like, even like the throwaway line. It's like, how long have you been here? Well, we started here in the 70s, and then in the last week yeah. it, the sky lit up, and now we're here. It's like, okay. Which like hasn't been a week. Of- Has this whole season taken over the place of, like, a week? Yeah, it's not been long at all. Wow. Huh. No, I love this. I absolutely love Rose yeah. and Bernard. In their Do you little... like sort of nonchalant Rose and Bernard? And this is kind of their end. So when the show ends, they don't get off the island. They're going to keep living in their cabin with Vincent. Uh, but I love that. Like, great I, acting like, from both of them, I think. I like, I, I, I like the fact, and it makes sense to me, that like if you had a plane crash like this, like this whole show is about like escaping past and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, you want to get off the island, but like... I'm telling you now, if, like, I was in this situation sometimes, like, I'd think about it. I'm like, oh, do I really have anything to go by? I'd live in a tropical island if I could survive. Like, I mean, that sounds like a pretty cushy life. Get away from technology, all this bullshit of oh, podcasting. If I'm oh, hanging out with cabin. TV's Rose, I'm, I'm on board. Like, <laughs> Their house is literally bigger than my house in Korea. Yeah, I, I love it. I just, I love the fact that you've got this couple who decided to stay on the island and just live there forever. Like, it's great. It's a good conclusion to their arc, and they, they were never massive characters, but they were a part of the show from the beginning, and Vincent as well. Yeah. Um, uh, but oh, Man in Black, great villain when he comes up, and like you know, you know he's not going to kill Rose and Bernard. Like they're not going to kill those characters off, but just the way then, like Desmond, come with me, or I'll kill them. And I love Rosa. You don't have to do anything he says. We don't. <laughs> like, it's yeah, great. Go but, Rose. Uh, but then, like, then when Man in Black comes back, counters, he's like, and I'll make it hurt. Like, you know that they're not going to get killed off, but just the way he delivers that, you're like, oh, my God. And you're seeing, like, oh, poor old Bernard standing there trembling. Like, it's it's so villainous of him, I think. Like, you, you don't threaten to make it hurt with Rose and Bernard. That's when you know you're a villain. Yeah, they're, they're the ones. And they say, everyone else, like, yeah, well, you could probably hurt that person. That's fine. Maybe Hurley. You had Hurley in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I love Desmond here just kind of having this stare off and Desmond's like, all right, brother, I'll go with you. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's great. And I love it. Like, and I also like the fact they're in the church too. Like, they still get a church yeah, on. Um, but, uh, yeah, Rose and Bernard, what, they're, they're amazing. And I, I, just, I just love their little house. Good for them. <laughs> yeah, sign off. Uh... Yeah. Rose and Bernard. Good job, Rose and Bernard. 
I'm telling you, this is at the time of recording, the last day of my vacation before I go back to work. I'm wanting to be on that island, living in their <laughs> house with them. I don't want Old my... Smoky and polar bears killing you? Sounds fun. <laughs> um, a lot of uh, this episode, a lot of buddy cop Richard and Miles, which has yeah. never been a thing before, but they like some mild flirting with these two this episode. Um. This is where poor old Richard Albert, he survived, we should say that. But he's still on this, we've got to blow up the plane. Like, he's so behind. Uh, So they're still saying they're going to go to the plane. Um, So cute little scene, should not have been. It's basically now we have Richard's conclusion for his story arc. uh, It got cut from the bloody uh, syndicated version, but they're there on the boat and bit of mild flirting from Miles to Richard where he's like, oh, I guess you like me now. And Richard's like, what? And pulls out his grey hair, which is a bit dumb but still cute. And apparently now that the island or Jacob's dead or whatever, Richard can now age. So we're going to have old, ageing, old man Richard in the real world from now on. I like that Richard lives. Like, they so could have easily killed him. Like, if if they killed him, would we be, like, surprised or shocked? No. But the fact that this is his end to his story arc, I like. And I, I like the fact that he's kept in it long enough to get off the island. Like, I think it's nice. Like, you could have just forgotten about like, TV's Kimberly Joseph is still on the island, you know, as far as we know. She survived the the shelling from the, you know, the freighter, yeah, uh, the Windmore know. crew. So there are still people on the island. Uh, some of the survivors, um, Joanna's probably, you know, secretly survived. But, no, I like it. Like, I think he's important enough that... He needs this. He needs a sort of a conclusion with it. And I like that he gets off the island. I like little Richard on a plane having no idea what the fuck's about to happen. So, yeah, no, I'm on board. Yeah, what an adventure for him. He's on that plane. and But now he gets to age and he gets to live out his life and I think he's ready for that now. Uh, but, yeah, it's going to be fun like, to theorise. Like, does he go and get an apartment? Like, maybe him and Miles get an apartment together in LA, like... Wouldn't know what a car is, wouldn't know what TV, computer, movies, yeah, like, wouldn't know what, what anything what, is. What's he going to do? Yeah. Um. So it's a cute little end to his story arc, and it, it is weird that Richard never got in the flash sideways. Like, it would have been nice for him to... Wouldn't that have been nice for him and Ben to have a scene where, oh, yeah, it was so nice for me to grow old and die. Like, I don't know, some little, like, acknowledgement of Richard ending out his life or something. Like, I don't want him in the church. Because, I mean, it was um, was the Oceanic people who got him off the island. I mean, how many other survivors went to that island over the years and never got him off the island? So, I mean, he'd been off the island, I guess we know that, but, yeah. Some sort of acknowledgement of, like, or, like, I'm so glad you visited me when I was on my deathbed, Ben, or, like, something. I don't know. Thanks for giving Um, me AIDS. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and then uh, it's such a sweet room when he smiles and Miles is like, smiles, Miles, Miles <laughs> looks and he's like, and Richard says, I think I just realized that I want to live. Oh, after he's trying to blow himself up and blow planes up, and um, a bit of convenient plot, uh, here, but as they're swimming off, uh, who's this? Oh my god, it's. <laughs> Yes. He doesn't die. He, just when you thought it was safe to get out, uh, go into the water, Lapidus is there. Like you, you can't kill Lapidus. We thought he died, but you can't kill Frank Lapidus. So Lapidus is there. Poor um submarine pilot though, floating in the water there, like half decomposed. <laughs> like 
Where's gin and sand floating up to the surface? Oh, <laughs> why couldn't they survive? Um, yes, poor subcaptain. It says here two episodes drowned. Um, <laughs> Not pretty played by TV's Alan Seabock. That's convenient. Oh. See, he deserved um, that role. I'll see. But I mean, like, it makes sense. He's the pilot, right? That we're gonna have. Lapidus How back. else are you but getting I, off the said, island? As we said, we thought he died, but yeah. So I remember watching this groaning a little bit, but also being like, Lapidus, of course we no, can have I him. love Lapidus. I, I love that he survives. Why isn't he in the flash sideways? He got him off the island. <laughs> yeah, it's a raw deal. He got him off the island twice. Yeah, um, we did. <laughs> he's a but, hero of this whole story. Yeah, like this story, like our hero Jack, it's it's always been Lapidus. Why isn't he the leader, the protector of the island? Um, but of course, we need at least one or two more Lapidus one-liners. So they're like, "How are we going to get off the island?" In case you haven't noticed, I'm a pilot. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> just he needs like convenience, plot convenience, wearing his pilot uniform still. <laughs> It has like you saying it's only been seven days, but that's also seven days where he's not changed from that outfit. Come on, a stinky lapita. Um <laughs> Stinky Lapidus. <laughs> uh, um, it's it's so nice, right, to get this one last and they had to give it one more time. We need that trekking music as they're going after. And fun fact, I remember Henry Ian Cusick saying that he actually put a rock in his shoe to make his limping like look realistic and yeah, realistic limping. Um, does that involve you like I don't know if I if I've got a rock in my shoe, I'm not limping. I'm going like fuck this rock's annoying. I'd rather you just like stab me in the leg or something like that. Like I'll keep that in mind. Meta um, meta acting by Ben Mortarworth. And I, I'm gonna be <laughs> expecting you to be like dun 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 uh, it's such a great thing to have that uh, last uh, that last kind of trekking music. And Jack's saying, it doesn't matter if we have Desmond, we're all going to the same place. And then Sawyer asks, what happens after that? And Jack, then it ends. Dun, dun, dun. Um, this is when Gummy Joe's group and our hero Jack's group meet up. And um, gotta got to say, uh, uh, six years, Kate, not my favourite character. I've defended her at some point. I freaking love Kate just going psycho. You killed Jen, and I'm a I'm a sucker for Man in Black getting shot and bullets flying off. And so we got one more of that. But don't you just love Kate just going Rambo, Kate? Like, yeah, this is for someone. Not not Saeed. He doesn't get a minute. <laughs> Fuck Saeed. Um, you know, I'm with you. Although I do love how like um, Desmond and Ben just dropped out. What if all of a sudden you just shot one of them? It's like Ben's like, ow, you shot me. Like, we needed Desmond. Yeah, no, I love it. I do. And uh, Angeline Lilly's on point this episode, except for her bad kissing, but we'll get to that. But, um, yeah, no, I love this moment too. And I love that, I love just this visual of them coming over the hill, though, like how they meet. Yeah. Like it's very That's well the shot other this thing, episode. The, the bonus character, the 15th character on this show that we don't give enough credit, Hawaii. Like they really show off Hawaii well in this episode, especially yeah. when we'll get to the fight. Oh, um, Absolutely. But uh, poor old Hawaii's getting a bit of a beating. But in this episode, we'll get to that. Poor that old sink. rocks flying everywhere. Poor Hawaii. <laughs> um, but Locke, Locke or Gummy Joe, Man in Black tells her, save your bullets. So we'll get to a line later. Uh, oh, not I like that thing. cheesy one-liner. We're going to save we'll the bullet for you. <laughs> uh, 
And I love this moment, Locke and Terry O'Quinn. Like, you forget it's the same actor. Like, he deserves, we've said it before, but he's so good, especially this episode. He's such a villain. Um, I'm sorry, but I, I love Brian Cranston, but give Terry O'Quinn all the awards for this show because he's not getting that for any other show. Um, and this is where he walks up FBI to Jack. And most he, says, wanted. <laughs> he says to Jack, so it's you. And then you uh, mentioned this last week, and I love this sort of meta humor sort of thing of, well, Jacob being the guy that he is, it seems kind of the obvious choice, right? Which mm. is what the viewers are thinking. Like, oh, great, of course it's our hero, Jack. He's the obvious choice. Um, but I love that, like the the tension, but also the kind of the way these two play off each other is so good. Um, and then Jack's like, well, I'm going to come with you. Uh, let's Let's go there together. And... I have to protect that and you're going to destroy it. So I'm going to stop you. Like there's some great back and forth between these two in this episode. Um, and then yes. uh, they're, they're walking towards the thing. There's a lot in this episode, but uh, Sawyer says, how are you going to kill Locke? And uh, Jack says, I'm just Desmond. Um, and this is where they're going past the bamboo grove uh, to the, uh, this is actually my, uh, my stage name, Bamboo Groves. Um, but... <laughs> That's my porn name. <laughs> oh, that... Noah Bamboo Groves. Um... <laughs> Call me Bamboo from now on. Um... Bamboo. I know some people have criticised this. I kind of freaking love that this mystical heart thing, which I don't love, but I love that this is right near their old camp. And Jack even says, because it's a big island. They didn't have a map, like other than dumb, dumb Gummy Joe's stupid <laughs> map that he had. But the the idea that they're going back to where they started and this thing was right where Jack landed all along, but they just didn't know it was there. I kind of love that, but a lot of people have criticised that. Uh, I mean, I can see the criticism because in a weird way, like he woke up in this bamboo and it was just there. You You don't see a giant ball of light, like that's meant to be the most amazing light in the world. Oh, to so, be fair, they said past the bamboo grove. Well, I mean, wouldn't you explore? Like, I mean, this is where I woke up. What's past there? Crash. Um, but yeah, like I, it's we'll get to the plug. But um, can I say one thing quickly? You mentioned about Terry Quinn getting all the awards. So he, he did win one Emmy for this. He won it in 2007, the year before Breaking Bad started. So he just got in just in time. But that year, he actually beat Michael Emerson. Uh, but Michael Emerson, of course, won one eventually. He got one in 2009 where he beat out Aaron Paul. So luckily for him, he just got in in time. Uh, but then look at this for a nice run of like great actors after Michael Emerson. You got Terry O'Quinn wins it. Zalko Ivanak, who was in Damages. If you remember the first season of 24, he was one of the Drazens. So he's great. Michael Emerson then wins. Aaron Paul, Peter Dinklage, Aaron Paul, Bobby Cannavale, legend, Aaron Paul, Peter Dinklage, Ben Mendelsohn, great. John Lithgow, Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage. So that's a good decade, the 2010s, for the best supporting actor. Yeah, Peter Dinklage is great. And all, I'm glad to say, all Oz Network shows. So Terry O'Quinn, Michael Emerson, lost. Seiko Alvinek was in 24. Aaron Paul, and obviously in Breaking Bad, and Bobby Cannavale in Third Watch, and Peter Dinklage in Nip Tuck. So there you go, look at that. And Third Watch, Peter Dinklage was in Third Watch as well, so... You're welcome, world. We make these people stars. Kathy Fox, Rob. Yeah, he never won one. Um, 
I'm, I'm sure he was very, very annoyed by that. If I know so he punched a bus Matthew driver. Fox. He just left. He left <laughs> LA's theatre. And, ah! Um, there's such a cute little moment when Hurley turns to Jack and says, "I believe in you, dude." Oh. I I cried a little bit during that, but then like Dick Jack, our hero, doesn't even say anything. He just nods. Um, <laughs> yeah, I cried a little bit. I believe in you, dude. And I'm crying at another Hurley bit coming up soon, but oh, my God. Um, Jorge Garcia, too, so underrated, but we've talked about that many times. All right, here we go. Before we just go through all this stuff, maybe we just, like, talk about it separately because we're at the heart of the island. I love this finale. I can see why people hate it, especially if you weren't really following the show and then you dipped back in. This heart stuff, even though we get some amazing character moments from it and you've got to give it that, it is pretty dumb. Like uh, when we had the man in black Titus Welliver showing us a cork and the wine, no one was expecting it to actually be a literal cork. Come off it. Uh, this kind of reeks of the writers like feeling like, oh, my God, we're almost done with this stupid show. Let's just do the cork thing and then we don't have to think about this ever again. Like, yeah, like- I don't know. It is one of the... But I will say the set is cool and this mystery yeah. of this underground, like, ancient cork that's been around for 8,000 years, like, that's pretty cool. But it's it's dumb, though, right? It's dumb on the fact that you have a plug, a cork, keeping this in. Because we've seen, like, throughout this show, they've had to enter numbers to protect things. They've got a wheel that protects things, offers access so it makes things move. You know, I'm not opposed to there being like this magical light kind of electromagnetism that, you know, we've talked a lot about. But the fact that this is all literally being held in by a plug. Like, how did this, how did the world survive before, like, Jesus put the plug in the hole or something like that? Like, like, I, I mean, this is one of those things I'm being, um, you know, contradictory of myself about that like, we don't need the answers. But, like, I mean, I kind of want to know who, like, at one point went to this island and goes, fuck, the world's fucked. Oh, if we put a plug in this hole, the world's safe and the light's protected. Like... It is a bit silly that it's literally a plug um, that, like, keeps this it in. This is where I'm- you can, like, play into a bit more of what the island is and say, like, oh, this was the, the birthplace of humanity or, like, there were portals all around the world and until someone finally, like, plugged it, like, we, that's why we need to protect this place because if it's unplugged, the portals will open and the world will implode. Or like, That's where you yeah. tell us a bit more of what the island's kind of origin. And I like mystery. I don't need all the answers. But this is a chance. Rather than just saying there's a light, there's a call, deal with it. The thing, too, that I think they miss a beat with is, like, when we had Mother basically saying, like, this light is the most warmest whatever light, you know, men are drawn to this because blah, blah, blah. Like, when they go down this hole, like, there's no, like, implication. Like, there should be some sort of temptation. They should be like, oh, my God, this light. Like, I feel something. Like, what is it? Um, Indiana Jones was it the Holy Grail where they're so tempted to get it. Like, it's just it's the temptation that overrides them. Ring like from Lord of the Ring. I know you're yeah. a fan. Like, well, yeah, well, exactly. But, like, it just it, to me, that's where they miss a beat because it's kind of like, well, this is meant to be this all-powering light that every man yeah, wants. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good um, idea. And then also, like, I don't get how Mother's like, we can never go down there because it's worse than death. I get it that old Smokey's here. So, like, why aren't Desmond, like, I guess Desmond, but, like, why isn't Jack, like, why are they getting some sort of ramifications from being down this hole? Oh, there is fan theories that will never be answered that many people do believe that Jack becomes the the new smoke monster and that it continues on and that Jack is the smoke monster going forward. Um, some people believe that. 
How is that possible though? Because he dies down there, or oh, well, I get it. the last ever shot we see him is dying, so we don't know what happened straight True. after that. That'd be cool. Jack um, is the old Smokey. <laughs> Rocks up to Rose and Rose and Banana. Hey guys, you took out half our house, Jack. Sorry, getting used to the whole smoke thing. Like, imagine how how far those buses would go flying with the bloody oath. Last light. He's the reason why the world died. It's apocalyptic because it was Jack destroyed it. I kind of like the temptation thing. I've never thought of like that. Like being drawn to it, but don't get drawn to it because you will become the smoke monster. And that's why it has to be Desmond because he's immune to kind yeah. of being his temptation. And and that's why Jack's ultimate sacrifice is not putting the plug in. It's beating the temptation of being special. or uh, And that would explain a lot of irrational actions. Like remember when Locke bloody blew up a submarine in season three? Mm. That would explain a lot of irrational actions because these people are being sort of tempted by the island. And that's why it can only be someone like a Jack or a Hurley who, and ev- while everyone else failed, Boone couldn't be a protector. He's too easily tempted. Temp- temptated? Temp- tempted? Yeah. No, it's it's just... I, just, I like I that. Just, I've never thought of that. Like it's that. just interesting, though, that like how that's just such a line from Mother. Like, you know, man is so tempted by this. It's like, well, you know, like, yeah. Really? <laughs> Clearly not. Um, You're just weak-minded, Alison Janney. Come on. <laughs> uh Maybe yeah, it's woman is tempted. Just let's be honest, no woman goes down that hole. So, you know, just speaking of experience, yeah, women are tempted. <laughs> um, so this is where they're at the heart. And, yeah, I'm not a fan of the heart of the island and the court because it just doesn't really make any sense what it is. But I'm going to say it gives us so many great moments, though, so we've got to give it that. Um, now, I have to say, and Desmond's great acting here, I have to say as as an atheist and pretty staunchly atheist, like I'm almost certain, like I'm not like, you can't be Christian, but I'm pretty dead set atheist. I kind of hate this Desmond logic because people have this logic in the real life. Like I'm getting annoyed with Desmond of when he's saying none of this matters. Like I'm going to go down there. We're going to put the plug in. None of it matters because there's this other place where we're all together and uh, we can all be together and we're going to go to that place. And it is so, like, if you're a Christian or a Buddhist or whatever, fair enough. But I just think, I truly believe that religious people out there are not living their life to their true potential because I think knowing that there's nothing is what makes me live my life to my potential because I know it will be done. And this whole kind of, there's this other place where we're recording a podcast for two and a bit hours. Yeah, um, but I don't know. It's one thing I've never really liked about religion. Other, uh, apart from the bigotry, I'm not a fan of the bigotry of religion. Uh, but that's a whole other podcast. Um, this idea that well, uh, this life is just one thing, and we're going to move on, and there's this other place where we can be. I I don't like this logic from Desmond, and it's not just this show. Like people have that logic in real life, and. Knowing that there's not this place, I think, allows you to have a more fulfilling life. Ah, look, I don't disagree with anything you say because I'm completely on the same page. Um, but I will say, yeah, I don't agree with Desmond either. But, like, it's, I guess, people who are of that belief would appreciate this. You know, it's kind of that spiritual, faithful connection to this ending. And, like, I, I've complained a lot on this show in the past about, 
episodes that get too preachy when it comes to this level of subject. Um, one of my least favorite episodes of Third Watch just got way too preachy with it. And it's just like, okay, like there's a level you can go to. But I feel like Lost does it in a way where you and I as atheists can enjoy it and not feel like we're being talked down to and preached upon. Whereas then you've probably got people who are the opposite who are watching this moment with Desmond and are probably like, yeah, fuck yeah. Well, they probably say fuck yeah. They'll gosh darn yeah. Uh, post-life life. Um, so yeah, like I, t- I agree with everything you're saying, but I also like the fact that you probably got your, your people who believe in this, who are on board with it. I'm, but it does really sort of lead into the mystery though. Cause at this point we don't know it's the afterlife, but so we're like, Oh, Desmond has this place and Desmond's so certain that when he pulls that cork, he's going to end up there. Um, and I guess Desmond's the one who's right, though. I mean, in, in this universe, the afterlife exists and there is a moving on thing. So Desmond's correct. No, but that doesn't mean we all should just kill ourselves now so that we can go to this afterlife. Oh, you're listening to the Oz Network, so you're thinking about it. <laughs> you're past death if you've listened to all of this. Um, you know when they say that what's down that is worse than death? Yeah, the Oz Network. <laughs> That's what's down the hole. Um but I, I love, I honestly, as someone who's not been a fan of Jack, Jack is my favorite character in this finale. And you probably never expected me to ever say Jack's my favorite of anything. But I just love his arc. And the, now this is his purpose to be here. But I love it. He's still tortured by that bomb because he was wrong. And he says, I, I already tried that, Desmond. There is no shortcuts, do-overs. What happened, happened. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, motive. <laughs> And that's all that matters. Uh, there's no do-overs. I love that, that Desmond's trying to tell him none of this matters, Jack. And he says, of course it matters. And that is sort of the point of the show that so many viewers came out of this saying, oh, what a stupid ending because none of anything that happened matters. But Jack is here as the voice of the writers, the producers saying, no, I'm the man of faith and the man of science now. I'm taking on this mantle of spiritual leader, but this is all real. This is happening. We can die and more people are going to live and more people are going to die. All of this matters. Yes, there's an afterlife. And that's what I love that I was complaining about Desmond, but they throw it back to us and say, maybe there is a heaven. Maybe there is a church purgatory sideways in our real life. That doesn't mean what's happening now doesn't matter just because we can live our happy life in the future. I love that message. Yeah, because, I mean, that that would always be my argument as an atheist, if there's this perfect world that exists and that's what everybody strives to, well, then why don't you just die right now? Like, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, you know. quote from Tim Waterworth. Why don't you just die right now? But, like, I think about, like, these, you know, the the poor people out there who are victims of abuse or, like, have a terrible life, but they've still got a faith that things are going to be better when they die. Well, like, if you've got a horrible life, you're listening to the Oz Network, you know, I don't know, you eat medium-rare steak, these horrible things and travesties in real life. Like, if it's perfect when you die, why not die? But, like, it is that unknown. It is that level of of, of life and everything that you don't know. So um, And don't trust anyone who says they have the answers because no one truly knows we could be wrong or it could be something altogether that no one's ever thought yeah what's going to happen if like when we actually die we're like at a church we look at each other and go fuck <laughs> like, oh well play ben, that I, I i really like you and we have some great times on these podcasts but then oh, when i die and you're like me? you're like standing <laughs> in my church i'm like didn't we have a good time in the other life do we need to keep doing this we did 120 hours of this show and <laughs> Are you gonna? Well, are you as gonna I said at the beginning of this episode, 
At the beginning of this episode, I think at this rate, my church is the Oz Network. So I think (laughs) hopefully if I live a few more years and I can maybe, uh, you know, get away from that. But right now, probably my church is the Oz Network. Do you want me to be in your church? Not right. Well, I mean, right. There's not going to be a church. No, we're atheists. Which is, wow, one way for Ben to skirt around that answer. An- another another, another <laughs> argument wow. another argument about Jack, this being Jack's vision at the church, is like Jack dies young on the island, so this has like been the most significant thing in his life for the last like few years. If Jack had gotten off the island and went on to marry Julie Bowen again or Nathan Fillion or whatever, again, completely different. So There's no more people. Like, these yeah. are the people. This is, this is it oh. for him. So, yeah. What happened to his poor friend? What was his name? Mark, uh, who got punched and uh, was that his best man at his wedding? Jack's little buddy, Mark. Oh, I forgot about that. What happened to what old tattoo is? woman? You know? Yeah, by Um I mean, I don't mind if you're at my church. You can come. But <laughs> oh, thank but, you. But I, <laughs> <laughs> is Emily going to be there? Yeah, She's but that's what I'm saying. I'm going to have to be spending my whole afterlife keeping you away from my other friend. What's so bad about me being with your friend? What if we were good together? What if that was my soulmate, Noah? If you promise to behave yourself, then you can come to my church. I I, I have somebody in my life right now that I honestly could hook you up with, and I think you two would be well suited, and I would be completely fine with that. I wouldn't be <laughs> anti-Noah with my friends. I, I might be an asshole sometimes. I'm a nice guy. I've, I've been engaged twice. It's got to say something. <laughs> You've got experience. Exactly. <laughs> Well, There's at least two I mean, women I- out there who wanted to commit the rest of their lives to me. We know how both of that played out, so whatever. Um, they woke up. I, they were I, touched I, in the church. <laughs> they got flashes. <laughs> I mean, no, I think you are a nice guy, but I'm going to say no, not with my friend. I told you I matched with somebody on Tinder once from, like, Snug and I looked them up and they were mutual friends with you. <laughs> Never did go on a date um, with that person, but just saying no. it happened. <laughs> No, I mean, you can come to my church. You can be friends with my friends. I just don't want you hooking up with my friends. It's my church. You've got Noah your own Groves, church. possessive of his friends. That's what we're yeah, trying I to am. say. I, I am. I want the best. I'm not going to set you up with my friend now. Fuck you. You're not worthy of that person. No. I'm just, all I'm saying is that's in your church, you can do whatever you want, but it's my church, my rules. Okay? Well, in my church, you can get fucked. You're not welcome anymore. Uh, Colin, no one's church. No, just kidding. Colin is church. What? What's Colin being? What? I don't know because I've never actually met him in person. He's a friend, but do you need to meet someone in person for them to be? I've never seen his below his torso. I've only seen him on camera. Underrated. He could be. Uh, he could be like a. Uh, they call it like a from Narnia, the Mister Tumnus sort of thing. Ah, oh, shit! The secrets out. I've never met Natalie Portman, but she's in my church. Yeah, Colin, if you're listening, you're in my church. You're in my church. <laughs> but not the kids. Not Nick. No, no kids in my church. I'm not, Nick? No children. Anti-children. Nick? Nick I mean, I, I like Nick, but I haven't really talked to him in about <laughs> seven years. So. I was going to say, I don't even remember being on an episode with you and Nick. Uh, Nick, nice guy. Yeah. Um, Fond of sheep. Yeah, Colin, you can come to the church. The kids, no, sorry, anti children. Um, what about cable? Oh, well, he got rejected from like four shows, so he would be out <laughs> out the door, but then did not allow. He's him. the Ben. He's sitting there going, "I don't think I'll come here." We weren't invited. <laughs> uh, oh, but anyway, 
let's get through this. Uh, ben, you can come to my church and you can talk to whoever you want. Um, Good. <laughs> uh, now, this is maybe, I'm not going to say my favourite moment of the finale, but I love this scene, always have, always will. When they're standing, they're lowering Desmond in and we have Locke, fake Gummy Joe and our hero Jack and they they kind of recreate the shot from the season one finale of them going down and ah oh, this is such a good line from Jack and it's in many ways other than taking the cork out it's kind of the end of Jack's storyline or character arc and I love how Locke says it's wow it's so familiar I was standing here arguing about going down a hole and blah 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 and epic Jack moment where like you're not John Locke you disrespect his memory by wearing his face but you're nothing like him. And he basically says that that uh, Jack was wrong about basically everything and that Locke was right. Um, what a sweet sort of end to a Locke's story arc, but also pretty much the end of Jack's story arc coming full circle, that he's now the man of faith and that he can finally admit that like, Locke was right about everything. And what a line, you disrespect his memory by wearing his face, but you're nothing like him. Do you yeah, love this I, moment as much as me? I do. I was gonna one thing I was gonna say, like, if you isolate this scene and watch them acting it, it kind of looks really dodgy the way they're kind of doing this rope. Like there's just something about them like doing the rope, which it kind of looks silly. But like outside of that, like, yeah, I agree with you. I love sort of um Jack doing that. And he's I think it's later when they're fighting, or is it here when like Locke sort of says, like, oh, you know, he wasn't right, you know, he was just a silly, deluded old man or something like that. Like, is this here or is that later? Um, because I like that section as well. I think it might have been here. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Uh, yeah, that's because I mean, then Jack says, no, you're wrong. Like, he was right about pretty much everything. Yeah, like, I, I kind of like how that, like, you know, Man in Black says that with everything. But, yeah, it's because, I mean, we're going to get this in the fight in just a moment. That, like, kind of, and I said, I said it before, that really, like, the two main characters of this show, it's Jack and Locke. And I think kind of it's it's them having a Jack and lock off um, sort of works. But, yeah, no, I'm, I am I agree with you completely. I'm so glad that you said a Jack and lock off and not a lock and jack off. <laughs> I was watching <laughs> Zoolander 2 the other day and they've got the scene when, like, Zoolander gets his, like, DVDs in and he's like, oh, Jack Reacher and Jack Ryan, I'm going to have a massive jack off tonight. <laughs> um, so... Desmond arrives at the bottom and it's, as much as it's stupid, it's a great set. And I love like the skeletons there that he walks past. And, but that's where I kind of agree, like the temptation thing, like all many people have tried to come in here before, mm. but have, have failed and died. And um, he enters the water as electromagnetic energy emanates from the heart. <laughs> Can't believe the, that's a sentence. Um <laughs> But this is where, like, we we don't get to fully see it, but we see him, like, lifting and we hear some screaming of Desmond. Um, and we hear De- uh, Desmond going, and he, he manages to pull the cork out so the light goes out. There's <laughs> a sentence you um, shouldn't be saying. <laughs> he pulls the cork out. Uh, and, and then Locke turns to Jack and says, it looks like you were wrong. And then I love, like, little, uh, like, Maddie Black, like, Nah, nah, running off, gets his bag. I'm going to go running now. And like Jack chases him and whacks him with the thing and <gasps> he's bleeding. So apparently with this light out now, Smokey can be killed. Um, and I love Jack, like badass, our hero. Look, it looks like you were wrong too. Can um, I ask a quick question? Why can't Locke pull the plug out? 
uh, he's the smoke monster. Uh, we don't know. But like, he's been he's, monster, he's been down there before. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, why can't he do it? Well, I mean, if he did do it, he's no longer the smoke monster. So how would he get back up? But then he doesn't know that that's going to happen, though, does he? Or does he know that this is going to happen? Like, that's well, he seems shocked when he starts bleeding. But yeah, so that's that's my question. Well, I mean, last time he went down there, he turned into the smoke monster. So what's going to happen the next time he goes down there? Turns into the fire monster. Uh, but we have a little tuffle with them and uh, Jack gets knocked out and um, yeah, look, Jack. <laughs> grabs his bag and goes for a little run. And now, like, poor Hawaii, like, the rocks are flying everywhere and it, and we turn into apocalyptic. Do you like in the finale that we had, like, Apocalypse Island the, the last time we see the island, like, it's all going to shit? Or is that a I bit love too it. over the top? No, I love it. Like, I think it's great. And I think, like, I love the, the rain. I love kind of the greyness mm. of everything. Like, I love, like, the rocks falling. I love a good apocalypse on a TV show or a movie. And, yeah, I I love it. I think it's great. Uh, and then uh, this is where we have uh, uh, Miles and... Uh, they're talking with Kate over the walkie-talkie um, and Ben, uh, and that's where they say we're going to fly off the the, the Hydra Island. And then, oh, just when you thought we were, it was all going to plan, who comes out? No, stop that! Crazy Claire's <laughs> trying to mess shit up. Uh, and Manipulated Claire. Like, she doesn't put up much of a fight at all in this episode. She gets talked down to everything. I'm going to kill you. No, you're not. Okay. Well, she like shoots at the sand, but then they convince her, no, Claire, it's okay. Okay, I'm coming to you. Um, and then, yeah, that's where Richard says, like, we can be free of Locke and let's go. But she's like, I don't want to go yet. Um, this is where I would say I thought that they were going to, like, kill Richard or they were going to kill the Peters or they'll kill Mark. Because these are, I think I mentioned this last week, like, they're so expendable, these three characters. They're not Jack. Sawyer, you know, like, so at this point, I think watching it, I think, oh, one of these, Claire's going to kill one of these people right now. That's why I find this finale so funny is that Richard, Miles, and Lapita spend so much time together. Like this trio of like basically expendable characters spend so much of this finale together. This is Zoe's. Um, oh, I'm on every page. Like, I mean, kind of Richard and all that. We're on every page nearly, so. Yeah. So Hawaii, the island is going to crap, rain, dark. Uh, you mentioned last week you weren't a big fan of her, but we get a bit of hero Ben as Hurley's like going to get crushed by the 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 tree it's, and Ben like saves him. I don't know if we needed this in this like Ben being stuck in a tree. Did we need this? Seems a bit of a waste of time. I don't actually think we see them lifted off in like next scene he's like running around with them. So like yeah like it's I don't know like I feel Ben's just wasted on the island after a certain point because again like this guy is to me top tier TV villain of all time alongside with Gus Fring and the end of it he just kind of pushes someone out of the way, gets stuck under a tree. It's like, okay, like, I feel like he needs some sort of villainous moment. Like, maybe he's, like, about to, like, have Hurley stuck under the tree and then maybe have him, like, running off and, like, this is where he, like, redeems himself. Like, oh. Changes no, his I, mind. And, but, yeah, that's when he changes his mind and that's what, like, like lets Hurley make him the number two. Like, I don't know. It's just, why is it Ben that's stuck under the tree? It's, it is a bit odd. I feel like most people assumed Ben Linus would die. And I guess that is a plot twist that in the end they didn't kill him off. So that is a bit of a sort of unexpected Do you think they cheapened thing. out with him because like, he was such a likeable villain even though he was so evil exactly. that like they, I don't know. 
I don't know if you needed to kill him off, but I think he does get a bit of a free pass in his ending, and it's probably my least favourite character arc ending outside of Saeed for the main characters. And uh, it was because he was so popular. And why does he get, like, the option to go on the church? Michael killed two people because he was being controlled by Ben, and yet he's (laughs) stuck in purgatory on the island. Yet Ben, who, like, killed half of the fucking island, um, (laughs) he's got a free pass to possibly go into the church. Like, come on. He must have been an absolute saint of the number two, um, yeah. bringing breakfast every morning. Um, and this is where, uh, like, Kate manages to call them, and that's where they're fixing the plane. Uh, so there's, like, lots of cuts to this. Over the window. <laughs> it is a bit silly, but that's what I'm saying. Like, Lost has always been, yes, somewhat realistic, but always been a bit, like, pulpy sort of adventure, sort of fun stuff. So... I know some people probably have issues with this, but I kind of like the montage, like duct tape you mentioned, and like I kind of like these three fixing the plane, even though it is ridiculously silly. Ah, like the, the, I'm watching this every time I watch this, I'm like, how the fuck did they manage to get like this seven four seven seven three seven to like half land on a plane, and then they're gonna get it to take off on a stretch of like gravel, like. There's a reason why 747s never used to fly into Hobart. It wasn't because of the passengers. It was the runway was too short. These need, like, massively long runways to take off. So, yeah, like, it's a bit silly. Like, he's welding a piece of wood to the front of this fucking cockpit. Um, And gaffer tape's going to hold a fucking, you know, 747 wheel in place. Okay. Uh, But, yeah, like, I'm with you. It's... Bit, I mean, this is a freaking show where they time travelled and lived in the 70s. So, I mean, I think I'm okay with them leaving the island like this, even though it's a little bit silly. This is one thing I give Lost so much credit for, like how they tie things together is, remember season three when uh, Kate and Sawyer were bear cages and they were hauling rocks everywhere? And it's Sawyer or Kate that says to Danny, like, what are we building? He's like, we're building a runway. Mm. And then... And then they kind of never mentioned that again. But so we actually saw Kate and Sawyer hauling rocks, building this runway that three seasons later will be the very thing that helps them get off the island. That's where they did a good job of kind of tying this all together. Um, Didn't think about that, but good, yeah, good point. Uh, so next we have, wow, I think probably is in your list of maybe top fives. But- it is, and I will say just quickly to interrupt you, there was a I Desmond removing the plug I put as a potential top five. I mean, uh, I hate that sentence, yeah. but it's, yeah. you know. Maybe. But, yeah, this fight is probably my top two of this episode. There's obviously, I think the end and this are the two key moments of this episode. Everything is perfect about this culmination here from the, the soundtrack to the, the location on this cliff face is amazing and the rain coming down, the acting. I will say, like, still to this day, new information is coming about out about Lost that this scene was originally supposed to take place in a volcano that mm. they mentioned in Michael's, uh, not Mike, Michael Emerson, Ben's episode. They mentioned mm. when he's a kid about this volcano on the island. This was supposed to be a big battle in a volcano with, like, lava flying everywhere, like Anakin, Obi-Wan, but it was purely a budget thing. But I'm kind of glad. I don't know if we needed a big fight in a volcano. Like, this cliff face is amazing. But, yeah, this cliff face was a substitute. Like, do you want to see a big battle in a volcano? That seems a bit much, I think. I, I love, like, I love this. I love the jumping off the, like, it's very almost Dragon Ball Z with these, 
top oh. off the cliff and what is he like? Ah! Like it's so great with the rain. Like it's epic. I love it. But there is part of me that would have loved to have seen this in a volcano. But knowing Lost, the visuals of this would have looked terrible. Uh, so maybe that's why they just visually couldn't have gotten this to look good. But, I mean, yeah, this is obviously top five moment, the punch up, the, you know, the greatness of it. And like even just like the epicness of it, how they got like a helicopter shot of them over the rocks. Like, I mean, you yeah. don't see helicopter shots like this in Lost unless it's something epic. And this would have surely been a helicopter. This wouldn't have been a drone. So um, props to the stunt doubles they use on this fucking cliff. Um, the rain um, machines we- that they've gotten. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, it's just so epic and it feels like a final boss battle. It feels, yeah. like, epic. And uh, and the Elizabeth boat, like, out on, like, the shore. Like, I love that visual too. If I'm going to criticise this scene in one way, always been a nitpick for me. I hate that they cut to commercial, like, have the jump. Just play the full fight uninterrupted. I hate that like, Jack jumps and that that cuts and then we can't cut back into it. I, I think they should have played it start to finish. Yeah, no, I agree. But, I mean, I guess in hindsight it is start to finish now that we don't have, um, you know, ads unless you put your own commercials in your own viewing point. Um, but, yeah, like I, I agree with that. But, like, I always forget the um, the bit here where he stabs Jack. Like, that's obviously technically what kills him. So, like, I always forget that Jack gets stabbed. Like, cause I, always, I can't remember why I think Jack else dies, but, yeah. They play it so well uh, that... Jack gets cut in the throat and he gets stabbed. Remember on the plane in LAX part one, he goes to the bathroom and he's like, oh, mm. what's wrong with my appendix or whatever? And that's that's right after basically Jack has died. So that's a clue in episode one. And then also in this episode, we cut to where he's looking at his neck. and Like it works so well. That That's sort of the clues there that it's the afterlife. Uh, but such an epic final battle this whole show has been these two, but not really these two uh, going at it. And Jack, like Psycho Jack, jumping and and uh, Locke saying that Jack died for nothing, like Locke. Um, and then uh, great fight from Jack, but our hero, Kate, she gets her last moment. Oh, I love this. Sh- she shoots him and, oh, total uh, Sean Connery, Roger Moore sort of. <laughs> Pierce Brosnan line here. I saved you a bullet. But I she does it. it in a convincing way. Like Evangeline Lily gets props here. I don't know if I love it. It's a bit like, do we need a one-liner after the death of the main villain of this show? But I like that Jack is like the one that weakens him, but Kate's there as well. Um I, I, I think saved it works you a like- bullet. She delivers it well. I literally it kills him. But like I like I love the fact that it's kind of like in a weird way, Kate's the one who saves the day. Like, yeah, you mentioned before about, like, this strong feminist character and that, like, I mean, you know, it's not to the point where they shove it down your throat and go, look, it's a woman. She's doing something different than what women usually do. Like, it's just she comes out of nowhere and just shoots him and they're like, sweet. Um, so and I always forget that Kate does this, so I love it. I, and I love the one line, I saved you a bullet. Like, it's great. You so, you so, I saved your bullet. You can imagine Sean Connery doing it. I saved saved you a bullet. (laughs) (laughs) Thought I forgot Uh, your bullet, eh? (laughs) It it is so epic. And I don't know if I love the one-liner, but I think she does. She delivers it in a convincing, like, where it's not a one-liner. She's very convincing. The, The only thing I don't know if I like about it is how does she get there? How does she know that that's where they are? And how is she so far ahead of, like, Sawyer and Ben and that who come, like, five minutes later? That's my only well, question. Like, 
20 minutes away from the end of this show. We, we can't ask those <laughs> questions now. Um, and another thing I love, although I think it's a bit of like a wimpy sort of end, uh, but I love when Jack kicks him off the, like, mm. Kate gets the bullet, but Jack gets the final, kicks him off the, and did you like make Terry O'Quinn like lie down this thing to get this big overhead shot in the rain yeah. machines on these, like, it looks so good. And part of me wishes like, well, he needed like to be kicked into a volcano or something, but part of me loves that this big bad main villain is now just forever just lying on these rocks like it's such a sort of undignified end and that kind of fits the character i think because he, he did turn into an undignified prick this character so do you think there's something about the visual that looks amazing and him getting kicked i think completely agree with you but do you think they left it like i mean he's dead like the old thing in tv and movies you see a, you, you know they're dead unless you don't see a body or something like that but like do you think they left it to a point where like he got shot and kicked off a cliff where I guess technically you could survive that versus if he got kicked into like a lava pit, you're going to melt and die. Like, do you think maybe he's going to wash up on the shore and beat Idris Elba? Yeah. Like, but do you think part of it maybe was like that off chance that there was going to be something down the line that you could technically keep him alive after this? I don't think so. And the reason why is we'll talk about Jack's ending soon. Um, I think this is, these producers were sure that this was it for Lost, but I'll, I'll talk about why I think that soon. Um, now tell me, cute, mild flirting or too much on the nose meta reference? It's a game show again. Uh, oh, no, you're injured, Jack. I'll be fine. Just find me some thread and I'll count to five. I think on they the missed nose their opp- or cute, meta, mild flirting. Well, they missed their opportunity with that because wasn't Jack sewing Kate up at the beginning of this episode already? Like, I mean... Yeah, it would have been better there, probably. Yeah, so that's where it should have come because it's like it's roles reverse this time around. Um, it's a throwback. I don't mind a, a casual throwback to a pilot episode in the finale, like as long as you land it well. It's I, again, it's similar to what it was before, but I kind of don't mind it. It's fine. I just wish we got one final reference to Angel Hair Past. Come on, yeah. <laughs> um, Where's the pen? <laughs> What's your pen? <laughs> You just got booned. Um, <laughs> pens out for boon. Hashtag pens out for boon. Pens out for boon. Now, I I love this moment, but I also think 12 years on, I don't know if the visuals has aged amazingly well, but I love, like, at this point, Hawaii, the island is burning. We've got to get on this plane. That's our only hope of getting home. We can't afford to be like safe, like the the ladder is broken, whatever. So Kate's like, well, we're going to dive. And yes, it looks extremely dangerous, but what have they got to lose at this point? And it's so in character for Kate and Sawyer. I just love the way they they dive off this cliff. And of course, we've got the final uh, goodbye. And I know you've been burning to talk about this, but like the diving, I will say the visuals didn't look, it looks a bit silly where they like cut the story and he's like, um, but before they go, we have our final real life Kate and Jack moment. Um, so in the end, she kind of got Jack, but not really because he dies 10 minutes later. Um, they say they love each other. It's nice to say, I love you, and we get a conclusion. I, for one, I hate the whole triangle, but I would say I'm more of Jack Kate. Uh, but as Jacob, well, the man in black would say, isn't that the obvious choice? Uh, but it's cute i did laugh at the kiss because you told me last week like watch out because it looks like she 
Yeah, it's not the greatest kiss, but I'm sure you can't do better. Um, so. <laughs> Come here and kiss me then. <laughs> I would rather kiss Evangeline Lilly than kiss you. That's um, a solid argument. Yes, I think most people would. I, I like I yeah. I'll let you say your thing about the kiss and leave Evangeline alone. But I think it's a sweet little final conclusion, and I it's- I like that. She doesn't really get Sawyer or Jack, but there is a sort of conclusion to it. Look, I just wish at this point, Jack, goodbye, but I'm I'm pregnant with your... And then Jack would say, raise our son, or I don't know. I'm something. not on board with it. The pregnancy is a cheap thing. No, I'm not on board with that. That's soap opera That's a bit silly. I don't think I'd soap like opera-y. that. Her whole story arc is about being a mother. Yeah, That's the end like, of I, her arc. No, because I, I feel like if, like you talk about being selfish like son and gin like i think jack would be more selfish like i'm gonna die well no you've just been stabbed like come on we can get you off the island there's a plane going on there no i i'm not on board with the pregnancy thing um the the dive like i don't think it holds up i don't think it's that bad looking but i think it's like good luck there i think you're dead i think there's like rocks at the bottom of that that you are killing yourselves on but that's sure. why i love it because it's like what have you got to lose you it's a it's a bad anyway. true it's a badass moment but like as much as I obviously I'm very much team Kate Sawyer Jack Juliet. As much as I groan at Sawyer and Juliet, I don't necessarily groan at Jack and Kate because like at least there's a build up there. Like at least that's been there from the beginning and it's not so rushed. Like it's literally just like the writers have gone like, well, if Jack ends up with Kate, then obviously Sawyer has to end up with Juliet. Like it's the obvious person he's got to end up with. So that to me is where I think it's done. But like. I'm not opposed to Jack and Kate ending together as much as I would prefer it to be Kate and Sawyer. And like, I kind of weirdly like the, I love you moment between these two. Cause that's, that's nice. It's the only thing I don't. Hard to say I love you convincingly and they pull it off. Yeah. And I think like, cause we got them when they got off the Island, they were engaged and all this kind of stuff. So like, it's believable. Like the thing, the only thing I'm criticized about this, is just like the kiss, like, Kate leans in and gives him, like, a little peck. It's like, oh, okay, that's nice. But then she literally, like, opens her mouth. You know that famous picture of, like, a Tasmanian tiger? Like, oh, behind me, I've got the Tasmanian tiger. Its mouth is, like, you know, Aww. so wide open. Like, there's just this shot you see of Evangeline Lilly. Looks like she's literally sucking face with him. Like, you know in um, uh, Dumb and Dumber when uh, Jim Carrey's character is having that fantasy of him, like, making out with Lauren Holly? Like, it's like suck face. Or like Kath and Kim when they open their mouth so wide and they suck face. Like, that is what throws me off. I, one of my friends, when we used to watch TV shows together, she was always like, oh, that person's a horrible kisser. Oh, that person's a good kisser. Watch how they kiss. And I think that opened my eyes to watching kisses in movies and TV show. Just, I, I would rather kiss Evangeline Lily than probably 95% of people on this planet. But, like, if that's how she kisses, I'm not... I, I'd probably rather kiss Matthew Fox in that scene um, because there's just something about the way she opens her mouth. It's so bad. Outside of that, it's a nice scene. Um, but, like, just... Evangeline, I'm sure you're a great kisser. I, 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 This is the only time I've ever seen you kiss on screen. Like, that kiss with Sawyer in season one, oof, hot under the collar. Yes, please, you, you kiss each other. That's sexual tension. This... I just don't know if you're trying to give him, like, the kiss of life. Like, poor old Jack needed a bit of oxygen in his lungs because he'd been stabbed. It's just a bad kiss. In a single sentence, Ben compared Evangeline Lily to a Tasmanian tiger and Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> Justice for Evangeline. It's taken 120 episodes. It's now officially our <laughs> longest ever Lost Recap episode. It's, it, we've surpassed, what was our record before this? Uh, it was Jughead. <laughs> 
course it was Jughead. Um, uh, why wouldn't it be? But yes. We're nearing the end. I mean, after this, we're done. No more. Um, Except for our two recap episodes, but okay. <laughs> no more episodes to watch. Thank God. Um, we've got all the stuff on the plane. If, if you breathe have through it, Noah. Add, you can breathe yeah, through that. You can add in anything, but... Uh, so, Sawyer, and uh, we should mention that Hurley's like, no, uh, no way I'm going down that thing. Like, imagine Hurley just me. diving, hitting the rocks, dies. Um, so Hurley's deliberately ben, staying on the island. Like, he's going to stay with Jack, so. Yeah. And then Ben's like, well, if this island's going down, I'm going down. I like that. Like, he's yeah. grown up here. Of course he is. Uh, so they go and they take the Elizabeth, one last one last jaunt on the boat, and they get Claire, who's just sitting on the beach, like, <laughs> Look at me. I'm going on the plane. You can't make me. Uh, And then she's like, they'll think I'm crazy. And Kate succeeds in her mission um, and manages to get Claire to come. As much as we make fun, it's it's a nice little moment between the two. And it's a conclusion to Kate's story arc and a conclusion to Claire's story arc. and then a great like visual of the three of them running on the like the the runway, like wait for us, wait for us. And they they get to the plane, like it's so exciting at this point, all the action. Um, and they finally get on board, everyone straps in. <gasps> exciting, and the plane takes off. Not the best graphics, but not the worst loss they've ever done. And the plane is off, and they're leaving the island. Uh if you've got anything to add to any of those bits before we get into I, sort of the the end, really. Yeah, I mean, I like the the bit of them taking off. I like sort of Lapitas. Yeah, yeah. The graphically, it doesn't look fantastic, which you know makes me then question how the volcanoes would have looked. But I've written this as another potential. I like the plane taking off. It's kind of like it doesn't have the same effect as like when they left the island. What in season four? But like, I mean, imagine if we had have gotten to this point, and none of them had ever left the island. This would be like the most epic moment ever. But it's still kind of epic. I mean, Sawyer's never left the island. Claire's never left the island. Uh, Richard, well, he has, I guess. Um, you know, yeah, Miles. Sawyer's three th- years, poor Sawyer. So, like, I mean, you look at, well, Sawyer and Claire. Like, they're the only real two of all these people who haven't been killed off that's never left the island. So, it's kind of like it's a great moment. I love, it's, as hammy as it looks, I love the way the camera sort of goes under the plane and kind of, like, rolls with the plane. So, um yeah, I, I like it. Again, honourable. It won't make the top five because there's too many other epic moments in this episode. But, um, yeah, I, I like this moment. It is just crazy to think that this show, many people assumed, would end with them getting off the island, which it does. But in the end, all these season one characters, Sawyer, Claire, Kate, Walt, they're the only ones, four of them, who actually get off the island and then... The ones that don't, it's only Hurley and uh, Rose and Bernard. So everyone else from the original sort of gang is gone. Like it's it's what makes the memory. TV's Kimberly Joseph. Yeah, we don't know. That's lost too. She could still be out there. She's the new smoke monster. Um, (laughs) The child. We're near the end, but my God, I was in tears for this scene. Oh, my God. Jorge Garcia, get him the Emmy. Uh, this is where they help Jack to get back to the heart. Jack's like dying and limping, got rocks in his shoes. Um, they're going back <laughs> to the heart. They're going to find Desmond. And basically Jack's saying like, I'm going to die. He knows at this point and you need to take over because everyone else is gone and we're not giving it to Ben. Uh, 
Oh. So ba- basically, Jack says, Hurley, the island needs you. This is what you're always meant. And oh, I got like this guy who knows how to cry. Like we saw it a few weeks ago. And, no, Jack, it was supposed to be you. The island needs you. And I was in tears because Hurley knows Jack's going to die. And they get a bottle. We get a nice little Ben moment. I've got a bottle. And now you like <laughs> me, Hurley. And, and Hurley's saying, okay, I'll take it only until you get back, though, okay? And then uh, and then, uh, what am I supposed to do? Uh, I don't know what to do. And he's like, you can start with helping Desmond get home. Uh, oh, that was Ben. Uh, like, I'm going to need some help. And Ben's like, you can start with trying to get Desmond home. And uh, But we can't leave the island. Or maybe there's another way. Which kind of begs the question. They were doing all this getting on the plane with duct tape. Well, if they can just change the rules, then like, did they need to bother with all that? But I'm well. Ben left the island. How many times? Richard's already left the island. So I mean, it's at least you yeah. know a bit of a plot hole. We're going to get off the plane. Well, not really. There's just that wheel. No. Yeah. Uh, but oh my god, like I was in tears. And I will say, when I first saw this episode, I don't know if I loved the whole Hurley becoming the boss. Like it seemed a bit like, like. But the more I realized, I'm like, well, why not? Like, why? Can't the the overweight character or the comedic character get this sort of arc? And it makes sense. He always had a connection to the island, and he's always been a bit special. It did seem a bit silly, maybe because Hurley is just a little too much comedic relief. Like, if they toned him down a bit, then it maybe might not be so silly. But Jorge acts his absolute hard out, and so does Jack here. When he's in tears, like, it needs you. So... I've grown a lot on Hurley kind of being the boss. I didn't love it at the time, but it's he's such an underdog. I do like both of us are kind of a bit Hurley. Like we were both bigger and underdogs and not not the the our hero Jacks. And why can't for one Speak show the underdog <laughs> why why can't one show I was the Jack of the Oz network? We we talked about how Hurley is such a unique character and hasn't really been replicated why can't there be this character that gets to have this sort of and they were never going to kill him but they could have easily just chucked him on the plane and we never had a sort of satisfying end it makes sense i've grown on it a lot and just props to jorge what an end to his what a great ending scene for him like he really delivers and why can't the underdog for once just be the the ending hero it's not the obvious choice it's not jackass it's not our hero it's our hero hurley i don't know if i ever really had a thought on it being bad or good i just was like okay yeah fair enough like i just i don't ever think i hated it i don't think i absolutely love it but it's, it's also a case of who else like i mean it's sort of i don't see sawyer being the you know i don't see well, that's what Kate. Jack's saying like you kind of have to do it early yeah <laughs> Ben, I could. Weirdly, I could see Ben, but, yeah, probably not many people are going to be satisfied with that. Um, Desmond, but then Penny, the whole Penny thing goes to waste. So, And plus Desmond hated the island, so, you know, probably wouldn't make sense. But Walt I can see, but, like, that's obviously next little pro, prologue-y thing. But, yeah, like, it's, it's, it's fine. And I think, like, I think the thing that sells it well is that we've kind of seen in the Flash Sideways rich jorge being like mr benefactor like going around and plays it off well like ceo jorge like i can see it so yeah and i think like what also sells it well is the prologue epilogue thing next week it's like it's sort of it works next week next part whatever we're not doing a whole episode on that but um yeah so I, I've, I've always been 
just fine with it. It's never been something that's bothered me. And yeah, I, I one, the only thing I question about this whole scene is when Jack puts the water in the bottle in the water, it's like brown and muddy. And then when he gives it to Jorge, it's like clear. And I'd be like, oh, I'm not drinking that. Gets gets a parasite. Um, yeah. <laughs> Dies. We do get a bit of like Dick uh, Hurley moment though, right after he becomes a protector when Jack sends Desmond back up and Hurley's going, no. Nah. <laughs> yeah, Desmond, <laughs> boo. <laughs> Does he not care about Desmond? What, what are they going to do with Desmond? Um, I always thought but- Desmond got to the plane. No, that's that's the whole thing. Is Hurley's first job is to get Desmond back. Um, right, but, so I was, but I Jack had this goes. Image, yeah. Jack goes down and he sees Desmond there, and Desmond's like, "I was wrong, brother. I thought this would take me back to the different place, but it it didn't. I'm still here." And oh, it's sweet, but I'm sorry, Matthew Fox. The way you oh, deliver no. this line, I like wimp, this. Wimpy as fuck. Uh, well, well, I want to you, but well, I'll see you in another life, brother. I like it. I like that they brought that into the finale, but wimpy Matthew Fox. Boo, boo, no, bad opinion. And is that not? That's not. That is Jack Shepard's last line, right outside of the church, like last ever spoken real life oh, line. I would argue his last line is. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Why does have Vincent lick his wound? Dogs like saliva have like medicinal purposes. They could have licked him Jack. better. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, well, I'm glad that you like that line, and I like that they brought it in. But wimpy, wimpy. See you Boom. in another life, brother. No, Maybe if he didn't say brother, if he just said, "I'll see you in another life," but no. But then we'd be complaining that, that he didn't say brother. Then we'd be like, "Oh, we didn't say the line properly." Isn't it great, though, that in season two, that episode one, that was like a famous line. And who would have ever thought when he's saying that in the finale that he's literally meaning, I will see you soon in another life. Like, That's a good that point. literally became a thing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he sends Desmond back up and strong Hurley and Ben to get Desmond up. Um, and Jack, Jack uh, gets the cork and puts it back in. And I'm sorry, but Matthew Fox is maybe like one of the most best facial acting I've ever seen on the way he is like smiling and overjoyed, but also crying at the same time. Like yeah. when that light is like taking over him, he's he knows he's succeeded in his mission, but he's also like sad because he's dying and they've gone through some that just Matthew Fox facial acting. Like let's give it to our hero, Matthew Fox. Like, so Jack Last puts lights, the light Matthew in, Fox. Um, and this is where Ben's like, you, "You're going to be the protector," but and Hurley's saying, "But I need a number two. Um, and Ben's saying, "Well, Jacob ran things, but maybe there's a better way, and I'll, I'll help you for now." And that's when we cut to the scene in the sideways with your great number two. I mean, we've talked about it enough, I think, but I do think Ben gets away with a bit of a a raw deal. He's still a bad guy, and you're going to trust him to be your number two. Um, and oh my god, if I wasn't already in absolute tears, uh, this is where we wake up and we'll cut back to the sideways too. But Jack walking through the jungle and he lies down outside of the bamboo forest, the same exact place where he landed in the opening pilot 
he's got his wound uh, and he passes that shoe that was there in the pilot, mm. but this time it's all muddy. And what a great like full circle this is. And he, he lays down in the ground in the same spot where he woke up and hears a bit of barking. And again, facial acting, Matthew Fox, Vincent comes running and you just see he's so happy. And oh my God, Vincent is going to lie down beside Aww, our hero. Good dog. Um, good and boy. we'll save we'll save the last last very moment, and we'll cut back to the sideways. Can, but if guys, ask, anything you, think you that, need to say, jump in. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm gonna take away from this scene. But do you think Rose and Bernard like on Vincent? Vincent? They go into the jungle like, oh, there's Jack dead. All right. Uh, oh well, that's for dinner tonight, Rose. Old Jack. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's obviously it is complemented by what's happening in the flash sideways. But yeah, crying the eyes out. The um. The score is epic. I love the eye closing, just like coming full circle from the eye opening. Like, I just love continuity and little flashbacks to pilot episodes and they can do the same thing. Um, so good. Um, yeah. And, like, I, I'm probably jumping ahead here, but I also love the the images of the crash side and the credits, which I know is sort of... Controversial. Controversial? Um, really? Yeah, I'll get to that. Um but epic, I love so, it. And Matthew Fox, incredible. It was just, yeah, Matthew, I'm sorry. I, as someone who is not a Jack fan and Matthew Fox is, eh, I just think he steals the show this episode. Um, so does Vincent. Um, but that's the thing. They didn't need to have Vincent lying here. But just I the like fact that he's Vincent there, being But that's there. what I'm saying. They didn't have to have that. But that just adds the emotion to it twofold. Because you see um, a doggy and you're like, oh, doggy. But at this point, we're cutting back where Jack goes into the church and on the church, we see all different religions sort of symbols are there. Uh, the atheists aren't getting a bit of a look in. Where's our symbol? Like, they've got all the religions. I don't think we're at the church because we didn't believe no. in it. We're just rotten in the ground. You <laughs> stupid fool. Yeah, they're sticking uh, their fingers up at the atheists. Well, fuck you, atheists. You were wrong. Where's yeah. the Scientologists? I like to think that when... Jack dies that they go back and get his body and they like bury him on Boone Hill. Like we need that scene. Oh, um, wakes up next to Boone. Uh, but this is where he sees the coffin and he opens it. <gasps> it's empty and dun dun dun. T movies. John Terry's back, of course. Oh, yay! One last scene and can, props to John Terry too. He does such a. It's such an important scene and he nails it. I think. Um, he's always been such a big part of this show without being a main character. And he's like, Dad, what are you doing here? Uh, you shouldn't be here. Uh, you died. And then Christian basically says, how are you here, Jack? And I remember watching this the first time, confused. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, what is happening? Uh, and this is where... Uh, <laughs> Jack is confused and sceptical that the man he is uh, is speaking is even real. Uh, and this is where a lot of dumb bum American and Australian viewers apparently didn't listen to this bit because this is where the writers specifically put in, you are real, everything in your life was real, the people in that church is real, and Jack's like, are they dead? And he says, everyone dies sometime, kiddo. Some of them before you. Some of them long after you. Yeah, Boone, all of them die before Jack. And Kate maybe goes on to be 90, 95. Uh, Sawyer maybe goes on to live a happy life. I love the line, but apparently most viewers didn't even pay attention to any of this dialogue because the amount of people that to this day think 
that they were dead the whole time mm. is mental to me. So you were saying, don't call American viewers dumb bum. No, they deserve it. The amount of people that oh, actually Americans think- just watch this show. <laughs> well, no Australians were watching it by season six. You uh, were? I didn't know anyone watching it. Um, <laughs> The, the amount of Damon Lindelof had to do interviews after the show where interviewers were attacking him. And he's like, uh, no, they weren't dead all the time. What are you talking about? <laughs> There's like a famous interview where the interviewer is like, oh, well, I haven't seen it in a while, but I didn't like that they were all dead the whole time. <laughs> and so this Damon must be thinking through his head, oh my fucking God, like I'm doing interviews five years later where people are telling me they were dead the whole time. So apparently no one fucking paid attention to Kristen Shepard's dialogue because it's Pretty clear as day to me. Um, <laughs> no, I was but, not angry about this at all. <laughs> oh, it, you see it today on Reddit, not on the Lost Reddit, but you'll see like a random TV thread and so. Well, I liked Lost, but I can't believe they were dead. The, Twelve years later, it's <laughs> so. I'm sorry. Yes, dumb bum viewers. I don't care if you're offended by that. If you thought that, you're an idiot. Um, and and this is I love this line of dialogue. Kristen says there. Why, why are we here now? There is no now here. Like John Terry does a great job. And and this is where we get the big reveal. Dun, 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 the sideways, not a parallel universe. It's you guys built this place together. Um, all the important people in your life and you built this place so you could find each other. Um, and you, you needed these people and they needed you and no one can go at it alone. And, why did we need each other to let go? Um, and then he says, oh, Kate said we're leaving. So where are we leaving? He says, we're not leaving. We're moving on and let's go and find out. So I, at the time, didn't hate it as much as many viewers did. But I also, like, we just quickly talk about our reaction to this uh, reveal. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. It was a bit like, uh, really? But as I said at the top of this episode, I... I still would have preferred like parallel universe, but I've gone on to really appreciate it. And rewatching it last night just really changed my view a lot. And the line, like these people needed you and you needed them. I can relate to a lot more compared to when I was 15. Um, so is it a bit hokey at places? Yes. And was it a bit of a waste of flash sideways sometimes, but I've learned to appreciate that. And the, the idea that we kind of get the sad sort of island ending, but we also get a happy ending. We kind of get both. And if you don't like the flash sideways, it doesn't take away from anything on the island. So you can ignore it, which is where it kind of works. It doesn't impact the main show in any way, shape or form. I'm sure people who like Lost like Star Wars. And yeah. what happens when a Jedi gets killed? They turn into a force ghost and they watch over people. Um, you know, so like why do people think that's fine oh it's science fiction this is real again i would argue we literally had a whole season of them time traveling so um there's science fiction to this show um i just don't know how else you could end this show i just don't and i think for a show that has relied so heavily on faith and spirituality and you know, fate and all of this kind of stuff it makes sense that this would be like a afterlife going into a church, moving on, all that sort of stuff. I mean, I didn't come from nowhere. It was a theme in the show. Yeah, I, I personally don't agree with this sort of stuff in real life. Like, I don't believe this is what happens, but I can still appreciate it and understand it and think that, yeah, this makes complete sense of the type of show. Like, I'm sure Touched by an Angel 
probably all like, you know, digital. It's like I've never watched Six Feet Under. But when the are they going to bring back Touched by an Angel? <laughs> it's, it's inappropriate in 2022. You're not allowed to touch anything. <laughs> touched by an Angel in brackets with consent. Um, but I, I never watched Six Feet Under, but I know the ending of that is basically all the characters like when they died. Like, and that makes sense because it's a show about death. Like, that's why I don't get the criticism of a show like this where it was shit, where it's like, well, if you watch the show from start to end, this is kind of the theme of this show. Like, we keep bringing up Breaking Bad. If, if Walt all of a sudden, like, got away with it and was named President of the United States and, like, moved on happily ever after, like, oh, well, that was a bit of an out-of-the-blue twist. Um, but, like, no, like, he was diagnosed with cancer in the first episode. He's going to die at some point. He does, and he goes out with a bang. Like, I mean, it, it, it bookends perfectly. Friends, people complain, oh, Ross and Rachel, it was so stupid. No, like, it's kind of implied in the first episode. Of course they're going to end up together. That's how it should end. Like, this to me is how it should end. I remember watching it at the time going, like, okay, yep, no, fine, that's fine. Never hated it. Never, I've never had a strong feeling of hatred or, you know, despising this episode. And I just think it's in hindsight now as you said watching it multiple times you get older you get a different thought process in life you have new life experiences it adds an extra layer to it and the more and more i watch it i love the ending of lost and i think that if i was to rank i mean i ranked i think lost like six or seventh on my 50 tv shows of all time but if i was to rank my 50 favorite tv show endings lost is probably in my top five like i just i i get full satisfaction from the ending of lost like yeah there are questions that need to be answered still all that sort of but they're not at a level where it's like well why like what happened this makes no sense like yeah nothing burning and the fact that i'm like crying my eyes out through all of this with the music the slow-mo i'm anti-slow-mo but slow-mo works (laughs) well here um and the intersecting between jack dying and them in the thing like it's just it's just perfect. And, like, again, I just I can't dislike this at all. And I just I'm baffled to still see this on the top 10 worst series finales of all time. Like, Dexter, I can understand why it's questionable. I, again, personally don't dislike the Dexter ending, the first one, but I can understand why people don't like it. This is one I can't understand why people don't like it. I just I don't get it. It's not terrible. It's a conclusion to a great show that works well. No. Oh. I do love that you love the ending, but it's, it's sinking in. It is the ending, but you, you're, I, I'm the same. Like I've never had a strong, I, I watched it and I, I wouldn't say I loved it, but I was like, Oh yeah. And I always tell people, if you don't like the church stuff, the Island stuff wraps up neatly. Yeah. Like, yes, there, like you said, there's still questions, but people get so hung up on, Oh my God, the questions. But I don't, I'm like you. I'm baffled how anyone watched this in 2010 or even now binging. And yes, it may not be the exact ending you wanted, or anything, but it's so goddamn emotional and it's so well acted and scripted that how you can come out of this ending. And many, let's be honest, many people did in 2010. Where we are not the kind of popular voice here. This is the out. It's changed a bit. People turned that off and were ranting. I don't know how you can't turn this off. Take us, take a step back, <laughs> and just not reflect on this show and be emo- how people's initial instinct. And if it came out now, it'd be even worse in the age of Twitter and everything. I don't know how I'm with you. I'm baffled how even if it's not the perfect ending that you wanted, it's just so damn emotional that how you can come out and your first reaction is to be questioned. And Damon has come out and said, and maybe it's a cop out, but he said. Yeah, we didn't answer all the questions, but this has been a character show from the beginning. And we wanted to wrap up the character arts 
And they did. Every character in this episode has a satisfying end to their arc. There's no character left where you're like, oh, they didn't really properly do that. We all get the waking up moments. We all get to be together. And I guess we can just, I mean, I'll let you talk as well, but we might as well just end off this episode where they go into the sort of main bit of the church and old Gummy Joe's there for the last time and says, we've been waiting for you, Jack. And they hug it out. That's so sweet. And then we have Boone there no. by himself just hanging in the back. And back they're all and- there. Baby Aaron, Claire, uh, Rose and Bernard, no, no Vincent. Juliet's there. Um, and this is where they're all embracing and we get the final moment that you never would have expected in Cynthia the Cynthia Watros episode. is there too. Can we add there? That, uh... Yeah, Cynthia, Cynthia Watros. And that they're all there hugging. Like no one would have ever predicted that the final shot basically would be all the characters just coming together. Mm. And this is a character show at the end of the day. It is about mysteries, but they wrap up everything on the island while still leaving some things open, which I like. But then also we get this satisfying moment of all these characters. And as they all there, Jack gets with uh, Kate and they all like uh, hands on each other's shoulders and arms, boots alone. Um, Shannon's there. Uh, Making out with Saeed still, Jesus. (laughs) Get a church. (laughs) At this point, I'm just the last five minutes, basically from when Christian shows up, I was just in a flood of tears. It was just so emotional. Um, and Jack smiling at Kate and in true lost fashion, it's not like a full on, oh, we, we don't have a a full on, like there's still a mystery. This is purgatory. This is not the end. We don't know where they're going. Like that's another mystery. They could be going to hell. For all we think they're going to heaven, (laughs) they could actually be going to fucking hell. (laughs) But that's like this big white light engulfs them as Christian like opens up the door, Christian Shepherd. And we don't know where they're going, and that's good. That's life's mystery. We don't get it's all not. the answers. People people wanted all the answers, but we don't get them all. And this is intercut, and can we give it a final, final shout-out to Michael Giacchino? This moving oh. on music mixed oh. with life and death is maybe the most epic soundtrack in TV ever. I'd agree with that. And Jack stumbles. He lies there. Such an epic moment as Jack, before he dies, gets to see the plane fly. Oh, I love that. I love the plane. And he's just smiling, the facial acting. And in the same spot where he opened the eye six years ago, Jack Shepard closes his eye, moves on. He's dead, our hero. Fade to black, lost. It's done. Which I just... um, just one thing we do on our movie recaps is we often read the user reviews on IMDb. There's 114 user reviews for the end. Uh, and of those, the one-star reviews, there is, I believe, only like, uh, where are we here, 16 one-star reviews, but 38 ten-star reviews. So uh, more users than IMDb like it. It's perfect. And, like, yeah, I think Michael Jean can like the best – yeah, I, this and Breaking Bad with my baby blue or whatever it is, like it's kind of iconic music endings of a show. Um, don't get me started with Don't Stop Believing on The Sopranos. I've never watched it, so I'm sure it's good, but I've never seen it. But um, yeah, like I just, it's just everything about it works. Crying, absolutely crying my eyes out. And this is oh. again where like I, I don't get people who would criticize this because like even if you don't like it, even if you don't like the route they took, like, the emotion of this music mixed with their reactions. Enough. Who's sitting there going, ah, this is shit. Ah, boo. <laughs> boo lost. <laughs> like, take a step Ooh, back. 
joking, but people who didn't watch it live need to understand that that's what many, 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 many people did immediately. I remember following. being it was hugely controversial. The worst ending ever. It was so controversial. People had, the next day, the radios, the newspapers, everyone was hating yeah. it. Yeah, it was in the news. It needs I remember to be that. Said. You know, like you know, like I talked on Breaking Bad about how I never watched Breaking Bad live, but I remember when it ended, like everyone was talking about. It. I remember when Game of Thrones ended, everyone was talking about. It. I never watched those shows live. Uh, this was probably the biggest show that I ever watched live to the end. I mean, again, to date, this time of recording, this Better Call Saul ends tomorrow. Um, so that's basically where we're at with that, and that's kind of in the news a little bit. But like, it, I think Lost was that real. I mean, surprisingly, did that end before or after this? Around about the same time before so i remember that being huge i'm still very controversial but like that was all in the news and everything um but i mean this is probably outside of the sopranos the first show i mean i don't know it's sent elsewhere did that make the news for its controversial ending? i mean friends wasn't a controversial ending Seinfeld, okay seinfeld was a controversial ending but you know certain shows that go ahead outside of whether you watch them or not it's an event and you know it because i mean i mentioned at one point that like this sh- finale was being simulcast like in multiple countries so that spoilers weren't there i know the uk did we didn't do it in australia but like um you know there was a lot of countries that had this airing live with the u.s airing so spoilers didn't happen and like you don't do that with the ending of blue bloods um so which i'm glad that hasn't ended yet i'll keep going blue bloods um but yeah i think in blue bloods they're all gonna end up in a church too let's be honest Look, I get why there are some criticisms. Like, it's not a perfect, perfect thing, but it just, it's so epic. It feels like an ending. It's so well acted, directed, scored, written that I just, yes, when we take a step back and review the whole series, there's some things that are unsatisfying about this show, but it just wraps up the island and it wraps up the characters. And I just, it actually made me kind of sad that, it kind of ruined the legacy of the show because, and we'll talk about more in two episodes time, but this kind of killed the enthusiasm for Lost because of how negative the reaction was. And people need to understand it was in widespread haters. Um, but I would just say like the ending of book, book ending with Jack closing his eye mm. is so good. And Matthew Fox said for years, he knew the ending of Lost and what he really meant was this shot, not the actual like church and, um, but like, this is where I disagree about the whole man in black. Could he come back? Kind of one thing Lost doesn't get enough credit for, and Breaking Bad ended up doing it is they killed off their main character. Our hero doesn't live, he does his purpose and he dies. And that was so satisfying because they could have easily said, Oh, Jack and Kate live happily ever after, I'll get on the plane. But they killed Jack Shepard off in his final sacrifice, which shows did not do like that their main hero because producers would be saying, well, if we can't kill Matthew Fox off. What if we want to reboot Lost? And that's why I kind of disagree. I think they were so firm, like, no, we're going to be the show that firmly says this is done. Jack is dead. The main character, our hero. And it's so satisfying, not because I hate Jack, because it's just such a perfect arc for this character and perfect arc for the show. So, I mean, I don't know if you have any final kind of words on that and the eye closing or anything. No, I, I, I think, yeah, I I Not agree with eulogizing Jack. We've talked about him enough. <laughs> I was going to say, are we eulogizing Jack? Oh, the one person who doesn't get eulogized. Uh, we eulogized Joanna, didn't we? Um, yeah, I I agree with everything. I just it was just more of a question because you know I don't even think in 2010 they were thinking of reboots and stuff like they do now. But um, 
you know, it's, it was just more on that ambiguous nature of like somebody getting shot, falling off a cliff. I've seen people survive worse than that. Like with James Bond for kind of washed up on a beach somewhere. So, um, yeah, but no, I, I'm on board and I, I, yeah, I, as I said before, I love the eye closing. I think how else are you going to do that? Like that's so Most perfect ending ever. The bookend. Um, it's such a neat sort of way. And then in chronological lots, the eye closes and we open up in the plane. So it kind of yeah. works that way too. Oh, so uh, can I say, I miss, before we talk about the credits, I just want to say one thing. I missed my favorite line of this whole episode of this whole episode. Uh, when Sawyer goes like, I'll go get the magical leprechaun out of the well. Like, how did I miss <laughs> okay. that line? I'm just reading it here on Lost Peter. I'm like, oh, I forgot about that line. Sorry. Now there actually isn't a ton of interesting trivia, but I have got to read this one for you. Um, it says here, John Locke delivers the series' last line in greeting Jack in the chapel. We've been waiting for you. The last word spoken on the island is cool, spoken by Hurley in response to Ben. But then someone's gone and responded to this person and they've said, technically, the last word spoken on the island are woof woof, spoken by Vincent. <laughs> well. And they've written woof woof in quote marks. Fair enough. That's true. <laughs> it wouldn't be our lost recaps without one last dumb Lostpedia thing. Um, yeah, what was the I controversy mean, about the plane crash footage? Yeah, so at, at the end they aired the thing and they've talked about how they didn't want to just go straight into another show, like Lost six years ended, or they didn't want the normal dun 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 dun, dun music. So they're like, well, what can we do to break up like the end of Lost with the chicken feed ads coming next? <laughs> uh, and so they basically decided that, well, we've got all this B-roll footage from the pilot that we took, so why don't we just have a nice little moment to pause and we'll play the B-roll. The amount of dumb bum viewers who thought that meant that the Ajira flight with Lapidus and Kate and Sawyer <laughs> and Claire crashed <laughs> you, you, you think I'm joking? It caused Damon Lindelof had to come out and tell people, no, 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 it's just footage from Oceanic. That people, uh, part wow. of the reason people were so mad at the finale is they're like, well, why did they get off the island? But then they just crashed again. <laughs> You're wow. having a go for me for calling viewers dumb bums. I'm sorry. I'm not. No, I'm, not I'm not having a go at you calling viewers dumb bums. That's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm having a go at you generalizing my good friends, the Americans. Our Most major viewers of this show percentage were of our. Most most listeners of this Oz network are Americans, so um, most viewers have lost. Um, um, I, that, yeah, I've never so heard that theory before. But I, I like it. I kind of like this like footage of like the, I'm straight away like oh that's a crash site, cool little flashback. Yeah, and then we're mentioning the cut scenes. Eighteen minutes cut from this finale for the syndication. What like, else did they cut? How can you how can you cut eighteen? Uh, some of the notable cuts were the entire opening montage. Oh, uh, Boone. Jack and the man in black discussing John Locke while lowering Desmond into the heart of the island. What? Uh, the, Hurley telling Ben he was a real good number two. At- oh, come on. That's wow. triggering me. And actually, Damon, people discovered that, and Damon Lindelof actually, because it was on Netflix, he managed to get it like changed to the original one. Um, I like this filming wrapped up with the shots of Hurley and Ben pulling Desmond out of the cave at 5am on Saturday, April 24th, 2010, the six-year anniversary of wrapping up filming for the pilot and also Dame Lindelof's birthday. Yeah, and then there's a note about the the ending with the plane, like you said. Um, uh, 
Yeah. Oh, the end aired just five days after what they died for, which is the second shortest time between viewing. So they didn't wait a whole week. It aired on a Sunday, kind of like an old uh, Survivor finale. Yeah, I actually think I remember that because I remember, yeah, it being a Monday. Because, I mean, they, they would do that with, lot, like, finale sometimes, you know, big shows do two in a week, you know. And then they had this reunion show, Aloha to Lost, where a lot of them came on. Uh, have you ever watched that? No. Is it like, Jeff, does Jeff Probst host it? <laughs> Jimmy Jack, Kimmel hosts it, but it's actually a reunion show. Like a, It's built a, oh, like a survival reunion. If it's that Jimmy Kimmel one, I've seen bits of that Jimmy Kimmel one. Yeah. yeah maybe that's when he shows the alternate endings, out. isn't it? Yeah. Maybe we watched that. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Um, yeah, I mean, that's it. Like, who cares about it? It's the end. Um, I feel like we leave. At this point, leave the questions and answers for like. Do we have any the, questions? Uh, <laughs> why did he put a rock in his shoe? Um, Do it for the not next week, but the week after the entire series finale. Yeah, like let's we'll go over it then. Like, why aren't atheists allowed in the church? Because um, I guess like the polar bear question is answered in the epilogue slash pro. Yeah. What is it? An epilogue or a prologue? Epilogue. Prologue epilogue. is before. Pre. Okay, yeah. Right. We'll, we'll do all of that then. I'm sure this answers in this finale, but we'll leave it and go through all of them in two weeks' time. Um, yes. So, I mean, I know what we're going to do, but it's the Dinner. last time we're ever going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll, I guess we could do it with the epilogue, but, I mean, we're both buying it, right? Yeah, Final 100%. summary of the end. Last time you ever talk about an individual episode of Lost. I think I've said most of it. It's I don't get the hate. Like gets hate. It's a great episode in general, even if it wasn't a finale. Like if you know, thank God they've never brought this back, and like they've just completely made all of this, you know, moot point basically. Um, it's epic. It's it's emotional. It's funny. Like it's it's everything you want out of something. The fact it goes for an hour and forty minutes, it goes by in a breeze. Like it's you know, and like. This is the only time on this show we've ever done a, a two-parter in one part. Like, you know, uh, I guess reasons why we've discovered they edit stuff out of it. So, yeah, I love it. Uh, I think it's great. And in terms of ranking it, my last ever ranking, this uh, concludes my 120 episode about this. ranking. Um, basically got to a point where I, I was like, okay, top 10. But then I'm just sort of like, okay, whereabouts in the top 10? And I got down to where I had ranked two other episodes from this season. I had ranked Abaterno. And then I ranked Across oh. the Sea just above oh. it. And then I had the pilot just above Across the Sea. And I'm like, well, I like this better than Across the Sea, but I think I like the pilot better. So I've put this below pilot. So this ends at number six. So three season six episodes in the top ten, um, all consecutive after each other, so six, seven, and eight. But, uh, yeah, I put this just below the pilot. So just out of the top five, but it still makes the top ten. So I'll go over my... Top ten and bottom ten in the in the series recap, but I don't know if you remember what my top episode was. But yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't think it it's wrong to put it in the top ten. Like, I think it's it's so epic and so just perfect in so many ways. So I don't think that's a, I don't think it should be a hot take, but I guess it maybe is a bit of a hot take. I look uh, at my top can- ten and I think it's a pretty like uh, from what I've seen online and rankings, except for across the sea. Um, but uh, Hollywood Reporter has this as number 10, so they've got it yeah, in the top 10. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we should have a final kind of comment that I do think the opinion is changing, and the more crap yeah. finales that come out, the more this is ageing better. And I think people who see it on streaming like it much better than the people who watched it live. 
Um, so we should say that the opinion is changing. And uh, rightfully so. Wa- and yeah. Yeah, rightfully so. I'm glad you love this episode too. So we're ending on a high note. Um, I want to give you one last thing to barf and rant at. Um, oh, a barf. So just to I backtrack. Like uh, there's a lot of like cut material here that you can look at on the last. I won't go over it all, but there's one here. Saeed and Shannon's reunion was to be slightly longer. Oh. Shannon would have told Saeed, you saved me. And oh. Saeed would have replied, wait for it, no, you saved me. Uh, uh, uh. Nah, that would have been a rent. <laughs> Ruined the finale. <laughs> Number 27 on my rankings with that one scene. No, that's shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that was cut. Um, if that was and Boone and Shannon, I'd be on board with it. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, this is the end of the end. I mean, a marathon episode, but we had to do it all in one. Um. Yeah, more than three hours this is longer than a lot of our movie recaps. We kind of expected it, and we did take half an hour talking about our personal life, apparently. But, like, no, I think it's... um. Look, we when we started the Oz Network, we talked about this, and we'll talk about more in the next couple of weeks wrapping things up, but it's... it. It was one of the three OG shows that we did, and I think you and I had talked about this even back in the Survivor Oz days. Like, this would be fun. This would be a fun side project. I think it was this and Bond that you and I talked about doing outside of Survivor Oz. So, yeah, it's been a journey. I'm going to say this right now. I'm blaming that mainly on Noah. Uh, I've been available for a lot of that five years, but Noah's just living a great life. So, you know, putting it out there on Noah. But we got here, and I, I never doubted we would. A, because I don't like giving up on things and I would have never let you get away with it. And if you had have said, no, I'm not doing it anymore, I would have found someone else like I did on Third Watch. Uh, and B, I just felt that you love this show more than I do and I didn't think that you would want to let this go. I mean, this is your favourite TV show of all time. So, you know. And one thing I'll say too, again, obviously we'll talk about this more in probably the one in two weeks time, our series recap, but it's been an honour to be able to talk to some of the actors from this show. I think that, you know, while we haven't landed Matthew Fox and Evangeline Lilly, I mean, that would be great, but it's been great that we've been able to speak to some of the random people on this show, you know, that, like, kind of have been great. I mean, we got Malcolm David Kelly. We freaking, you know, got Walt. I mean, what's not to love about Walt? We got freaking MC You Gaming. told my 10-year-old self that I'd be interviewing Walt. Like, yeah, yeah, like some of the ones that we got, like freaking Sonia Wauger, like that was a great chat. We got Penny, you know, we got Nadia, you know, like we got Ethan, uh, we got Anthony Cooper, like, you know, some great chats that we got. Like I thoroughly recommend. We got arts. I always forget that we got freaking <laughs> arts. Like random, and that's sometimes I like, I'd always find that in Survivor Oz days. Some of the random ones you get, it's like, oh, wow, you're going to get Peter Harkey. But like they sometimes turn out to be like the best interviews versus, MCK. oh, Amanda Kimmel. You know, so MC like MC Ganey was amazing. Yeah, Country Bears. Still got to watch it. Maybe that's a thing we've got to do eventually. But no, it's it's been fun, and um, yeah, it's a bit bittersweet. But also at the same time, it's like oh, thank God I don't have to worry about getting you on board every oh. week. Oh yeah, ah, yes. <laughs> now I'm just gonna yeah. sit for ten years to do twenty four for the rest of my life with Colin. <laughs> it's been rough at times, and. Uh, tough but i'd say the last five episodes or so that's like it's made it all worth it now we're now we're at the end and we've recapped it all that's like yeah it was great to recap this show and um, i will say again we'll probably talk about this more in a couple but I, you listen to the pilot it would be fascinating to listen to this from start to finish because at least with like breaking bad nip tuck and third watch for the most part we did that pretty 
you know, there weren't big gaps in between. Whereas like we literally had like a year and a half gap, didn't we, between like season four and season five and then another like six month gap. So like there were large gaps in our opinions and thought process. And there literally were times where you and I going like, well, what happened in that episode? That was like, we watched that six months ago. So that would be fascinating to see some of the things we probably say in one episode that make no sense. Like our mysteries and questions of people recapping the Oz Network's coverage are going to be huge. Took five years for us to record these. I'm not going back and listening to these all again. Um, <laughs> I can't even listen to the pilot. No, thank you. <laughs> it's not quite the end, and um, so two more to no go. more loss to recap. But two more episodes. We'll do the season six recap, where we'll give our top five, like half of them probably from this episode, uh, and recap our favorite season of Lost, season six. And then we'll go into like our final, final, at least for now, we might do like something down the road, but like our final, final recap of the whole show where we'll talk about best moments and uh, look at our season ranking, answer all the questions that were not answered and all that jazz. So it's not the end then, but it's the end for now. It's the end for Noah. Noah's never hosting one of these again. I get to host the last two. So good job. Um, We first recorded the pilot episode on the 9th of September, 2017. So uh, there you go. A lot has happened in our lives oh. since then, but um, you weren't even in no, Korea well. yet. That was that would have been weeks before we went away and ran Tasmania. That We went in like September, October, didn't we? I think we so, recorded an episode maybe while we were there. Maybe. Yeah, Jesus, it's good times. But yeah, no, the, we, we I always about that in our final episode. I always, I always like the season and series recap. I mean, obviously, like, yeah, the top five, and then what we do in the series recaps of people, and we'll obviously talk a little bit more about this next week. So we get all of the top five moments from every season. It was six moments in season one because you wouldn't put fucking Boone dying in the top five. Um, so there will be like thirty-one moments that we will each rank from one to thirty-one, and then we compare it in the average score, and then we have the top ten moments of all of Lost. So uh, that's always a fun thing to do. But um, also, yeah, like the, the rankings of the seasons and all that kind of fun jazz. So I'm pumped. And good job, Noah. Well done on your hosting. Well, yeah, you gave me the... I also did the first episode. So it's like Jack's eye all together. Um, and can I just say one thing too? Circle. Three hours and 15 minutes into this, I have literally written no edit points in this episode, which makes my job oh, a fucking breeze after this. Professional. So thank you. <laughs> well done. And ne- neither of us went to the toilet. So round of applause. Exactly, we didn't. Good job, Noah. That's on Noah for once. I usually hold mine. <laughs> so uh, that's it. I mean, yeah, we don't need to go over all the jazz. Like, I hope you enjoyed our finale recap. Emotional times. Um, but we'll be back with the dogs and the <laughs> Vincents and Rose and Bernards. Um, so thank you for listening to this marathon final, final episode. Uh, and I'm Noah and I'm gone to leave, not leave, move on. And I've got to do it now. My name is Ben, and you all head to the heart of the island, and I'll go get the magical leprechaun out of the well. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get in involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time.
Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. (laughs)